And now, introducing a man who tried to copy the Tinder swindler to scam women out of hundreds of thousands of dollars only to realize that for this to work, women actually need to swipe right on your profile. It's back to the drawing board. He is Glenn Clark. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Good morning. I'm Glenn. He is Paul. And um, we are here. I am struggling because I stayed up like an idiot to watch the ice hockey last night. Nothing like blowing a 2-1 lead in the final minute and then being eliminated in the quarterfinals. That's uh, that's uh, that's a hell of a performance. Wasting a 5-3 power play in the uh, third period. Multiple power plays as the game went on. Look, I get it. As I said to you all, this is a beer league hockey tournament. It doesn't really mean that much to me. The women's thing tonight is far more important. But, you know, we only get the Olympics every four years, and this is what they're doing. So I, I figured I might as well watch. And the U.S. have been playing well on the men's side. They didn't have a nice little tournament. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> 43 seconds left. 43 seconds left. They give up the game-tying goal. But yeah, at least I didn't stay up till 2 in the morning so I could watch them not score one time in a shootout? Not once in five tries? You effing kidding me? Five shooters? Not one goal? It's cool. Totally, totally cool. These these things happen, you know? It's a, a lot of people go to college for eight years, you know? These things occur, man. What are we, we, we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm not bitter about it. I just want you guys to know that. I'm not bitter about the fact that I stayed up until 2 in the morning to watch hockey and watch them go 0 for 5 in a shootout. My children would accidentally figure out a way to score a goal. They can't even skate. I can't skate. I would figure out a way to score one one effing goal in a shootout. I'm totally I'm, I'm good. I just need everybody to know that I'm completely good i'm not very angry at 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 both the american hockey team and myself for making such a life decision just 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 be aware of that i'm totally everything's everything's cool i'm 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 absolutely i'm absolutely all right and not pissed off at all so just wanted to make sure you guys knew that hi Hi, Glenn Clark Radio. Good morning. Uh, coming up on today's program, we'll get into Would You Rather Wednesday. Drew Forrester will check in with us. We'll get an NFL draft segment with Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News a little bit later on. It's Wednesday, so uh, Simply the Bets is uh, coming up uh, a little bit later on, 11.30 a.m. Do it every thir- uh, Wednesday morning at 11.30. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Simply the Bets. Uh, we will uh, check in with our uh, our friends who are part of that program and uh, stuff and things as always coming up on a Wednesday morning. As you can tell, I'm 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 totally not struggling whatsoever. Everything's fine. I'm good. Nothing to worry about here. But if there was one thing that was dumber than watching a team go 0 for five in a shootout, it was watching you guys on Twitter last night. And it's. I have no, of course, interest in talking about a couple of internet trolls that managed to get everybody worked up. I've said to to you guys a billion times, if you watch Skip Bayless's television program, if you watch Steven, you deserve every ounce of what you get. I am mad at them. I'm mad at you. You have choices in your life that you get to make. There is a trove of content available for you. There's like a thousand different streaming services. 
We get, we're getting the Shorzy spinoff. You realize how insane that is? Letterkenny is a, 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 a folksy show that is, is quite popular with a very uh, specific subset, but the average human being still doesn't know what it, what it is. And we're getting a, a spinoff of it. We live in an insane time for content. An insane, a bat-ass nuts time for content. And yet some of you still continue, for whatever reason, to watch these debate shows on ESPN and Fox. That ain't on them. I mean, it's embarrassing. Don't get me wrong. It's embarrassing that that's where we've gone in the world of content. But it ain't on them that you watch. It's on you. You have so many choices. And in the same way, I don't care about these two nitwits on social media that got everybody riled up last night by sending out tweets pretending that Hollywood Brown was retiring. They are not my concern. They're not real. They're just random Twitter accounts. I'm mad at you. I love uh, Ken Weinman, for example. I love that guy. But I'm mad at him for amplifying... You, you got, we're smart, we gotta be smarter than this. I refuse to believe that we continue to just slide into idiocracy this way. That we are so incapable of critical thought that we actually see something like that and say to ourselves, well, I bet this random account that no one's ever heard of, that no one knows anything about, I bet they have some breaking, crazy information about Hollywood Brown before... A real reporter does. I bet that's the most likely scenario. I ain't mad at them. I mean, they don't offer anything to society. Let me make that very clear. I'm indifferent. They're nothing to me. I'm mad at you. And not just Ken. I'm, I, I singled out Ken. I like Ken. I really do. And that's part of the reason why it bothers me. The the guy, that uh, Michael Fabiano. I got a... Effing, I'm not kidding. I got an effing text from someone in the business last night asking me about it. I couldn't believe it. I said, are you out of your mind? Like, what is wrong with you? Are you really texting me asking about some... And this is what I get back. Well, I mean, sometimes these things get broken from crazy places. Yeah, you're right. Like, for example, there was a Once Upon a Time story of a girl who worked at a liquor store and said some folks from the Chiefs came in here and bought uh, a bunch of champagne. Uh, I think it's because they're about to re-sign someone. There was actual credible information there. She didn't know that it was Patrick Mahomes. She just had actual credible information that she shared along. I work at a liquor store, and my, my job in working at a liquor store, people from the Kansas City Chiefs came in here today buying a bunch of champagne. That seems relevant. The idea that something like this would be reported by some mama's titties on Twitter or whatever the F they are, and I'm, I'm sorry, but you, what I, I don't even know the idea of that and our inability to have an ounce of critical thought and say, well, that sounds badass insane, maybe instead of amplifying it in any way. I should try to figure out, like, why it is that this information would come from this source and not from someone who's knowledgeable. And 
immediately when I asked that myself that question, I should say, oh, right. It's, it's because it's, it's trolling. I'm, we are hopeless, man. We are hopeless. And this isn't to me about blue checks. Lord, I don't have a blue check. I've never tried to get a blue check. That whole thing is nonsense because plenty of blue check people are also trolls and stupid. It's not the the system for Twitter for you to get a blue check ain't exactly foolproof. We, this is on us in the same way that I'm not, you can be uh, mad at uh, Facebook for the amount of disinformation that exists, or you can be mad at the people who get their information that way, that are unwilling to think critically. What has happened to us? The thing with Hollywood Brown deleting all of his Raven stuff from Instagram is a completely different conversation. I've been trying to dive into this a little bit more in the aftermath of Kyler Murray. Because with Kyler Murray doing it, I, I, I came to a place where I'm like, there has to be something more to this. There has to be some story of why like, agents maybe are on board with it and tell you this is something you should do because what you're really doing is trying to make a statement to a team that like, until you pay me this amount of money, I'm not going to advertise for you or something. Like, it can't be as petulant as it comes off. right? It comes off literally like an 18-year-old boy that just got broken up with by a girl. Oh yeah, well I'm gonna. I I did this. I was actually a little bit older than eighteen. I like. Uh, 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 I, I I told the story with one night with Tyus Bowser. Um, I was dating a girl who was obsessed with Darius Rucker, who happened to used to call into my radio show a good bit, and so he came to town, and I took her to the show, got her backstage, we hung out with Darius. It was a great time. I happened to like the guy a great deal. And we had this picture, and then we broke up, and I literally cropped her out of the picture like I was 12. And I, I like, in my mind, refuse to believe that that's all this is, is just petulant children. These are very wealthy people. I'd like to hope that they're in a, a healthier place than I was when I was broken up with after the Darius Rucker concert. But they're not. The, the, the thought that comes to my mind about it is two African-American NFL players who are taking a stance against owners in light of the whole Brian Flores thing. That that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, none, I, none of the I, other stuff I, makes I, sense. I ran it up the flagpole, and there's very not there's almost no chance that that's true. Oh, I, okay. I ran it up the flagpole with multiple people that work within the industry to try to get some information. Like The first thought I had was, um, uh, like, is, is this about um, – because it, it – is is this something that that agents or agencies would be involved with? Because it is also difficult for me to believe that like you're really sitting there at night as an athlete and spending your time going through and checking every picture you've ever posted on a social account to see what has a a, 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 a team logo in it and what doesn't. Nope, I got the word that that the Instagram accounts, unless you're Tom Brady basically are entirely run by the players themselves, okay? So we start with that. Secondarily, is there, is there you know, something to your theory? Is there something to it? No, if there was, they would say it. 
there, there's just no point. There would be a coordinated effort from a group of people to sit, like the major league baseball players who said, we're all going to put, you know, our, our the, the faceless logo up. We'll all get together and we'll do this. Mm-hmm. If there's a statement to be made, you need to actually make the statement, right? Like that's, that's the, it, without that, there's no value to it. Mm-hmm. You just leave a bunch of people saying, what is this? Well, if, you, if you're not telling them, then there's, what 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 benefit do you have? That's a good point. What like what if you're not saying something, if you're not coming out and saying I'm refusing, I'm taking a stand, I'm refusing to advertise for the NFL until they address the NFL's minority coaching problems, then you're not doing anything. You're not helping in any sort of way. You're just being awkward. I got the answer, which was the overwhelmingly most like the overwhelming most likely scenario is exactly what I think it is. It's it's petulance. It's it's children who are mad about something. In Kyler Murray's case, the story is he's mad about how they've kind of thrown him under the bus um, for their performance late in the season, that he feels as though he's taking too much of the blame or something along those lines. It's very weird, the, the awkwardness within the franchise. You're the quarterback. Welcome to the NFL. Right, but to, to, to his point, right? Like, it's not just him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just him. The idea that he's being est on, and by the way... It, I don't know what that looks like internally. It might very well be that internally there's some issue, someone powerful within the organization. I don't care enough about this, so it's not my area. But someone powerful within the organization is saying something along the lines of, you know, this is all Kyler's fault. And, you know, we don't want to get rid of Cliff Kingsbury. We know whose fault this is. It's the quarterback. He's not good enough. Or, you know, he found out that they – they they want to be in on the the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes this offseason or something whatever it is and I don't know you know I have no clue nor do I care and nor does it does it make does any of it make it look justifiable because it still comes off as utterly petulant but apparently that's the most likely scenario I can't get a direct answer on why it is that Hollywood Brown would do it but the theories that that I worked with and talking to people within the industry were legitimate were he could be very mad about the fact that the Ravens will not sign his cousin and gets butt hurt about it and just decides, I'm going to go do this. Or he could have said, are we going to get a contract done this offseason? And they could have said, nah, we're not really interested in that right now. Whatever, there could be a million reasons why something like that would come up. And we can make fun of that and we can say, God, that comes off so childish. And it does. But again, we remember we're dealing with a 23-year-old person. He's 23 years old. And I was not the most most emotionally stable human at 23. And I definitely did stupid things when I was 23. Did stupid things when I was 33, frankly. But I did even more stupid things when I was 23. What's the benefit? Nothing. I mean, nothing. It, you have a less involved social media account. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what you could possibly think the benefit would be other than you feel like you want to make a statement. You're mad about something, and you want to tell them you're mad. Are there better, more, are there more appropriate ways to play that game? Of course. Are there better ways, more effective ways? I don't know. Depends on what it is that you're mad about. If Hollywood Brown's really mad that the Ravens won't sign his cousin... I, I don't know that it's going to matter what he's going to do. They're not going to sign his cousin. It, that's the end of it. It's over. Like, it, he can delete whatever he wants to do from Instagram. He can whine and pout and, and whatever he wants to do. 
if he thinks he's being mistreated in some way, if he thinks that he's being thrown under the bus by someone within the organization who, you know, he looks and says, look how productive I am, look how good I've been, and you don't want to talk to me about a contract? I don't know. Maybe there is something to be said there. Maybe in his world he knows there's another team that would love to have him and be willing to pay him. I mean, I, it would be something that I think you'd want to leave to your agent and, and you know, that whole conversation. But maybe the, there really is some world in which the thing that I talked about with Lamar Jackson, where if you're the Ravens, you go to Lamar Jackson and say, I don't want to sign you right now. you got to prove it for another year, which doesn't appear to be the case. It oddly appears to be almost the opposite of that. Um, there's totally a, a plausibility that it's the exact same scenario where Hollywood Brown says, yeah, I don't feel like waiting. I don't want to play for a fifth-year option. I want to do that. I want you to pay me. I'm a highly productive player. I want you to lock it up right now. I'm coming off a thousand-yard season. I, I don't want to wait. I want to get my money now. And the answer back from the Ravens will be, you're getting plenty of money. We just said we're going to pick up your fifth-year option. That's that's a lot of money. No, I want a I want a five-year deal that pays me like a high-end NFL wide receiver, and I want it now. Okay, well, most of us would sit back and say, we don't really think that's that's what you are, and we don't really think that's what the, the Ravens should do. But if he says, this is when I have leverage, you guys need me. You know, we can talk about this being the best group of receivers the Ravens have ever had, but let's not pretend like you've got superstars on the field otherwise. You guys need me. Get it done or trade me. And I'm not suggesting that I know that's what he did. Let me make that very clear. I have no thought that that's what's going on. All I'm trying to figure out is why. Why the sudden angst? Or whatever this is. And everyone I've talked to within the business says, when something like this happens, it's a player going rogue. It's It ain't because anybody in his ear thinks there's a benefit of this like in negotiating it's not because there's anybody that thinks that you know this is a signal that works for teams it's a player who's upset or angry or mad about something and this is the route that they go and you know it's something that maybe I can't associate with because social media just doesn't mean that to me like it's such a very specific thing right like deleting pictures where you're in a team jersey which I would think would be the things that make you most marketable at the moment I would think I mean I don't know I, I can't fathom that but if that's a thing that young athletes have sort of coalesced around and said we think there's value to this we think it makes our statement for us to say we're not going to wear your jersey in social media posts then I guess that's what they're going to do and again it sounds stupid but really no more stupid than like when we delete the pictures of some girl when we're 23 from our MySpace account. I mean, and th- we did those things. Like, I remember being 23. It's, it's dumb. Like, inherently, it's stupid. It's dumb. But, you know, we do it. We do it at older ages, right? Like, you go through a divorce and you delete a bunch of pictures of your ex for whatever reason. Maybe weirder because, like, this isn't a, Hollywood Brown is still very much a Baltimore Raven today. <laughs> like, he's this isn't a divorce. It'd be one thing if, like, the team released you or traded you, and then 
you went back through and like deleted all the maybe I would understand that I get I, I still don't I don't know man it's very weird it's very weird and I can't pretend that I understand it nor was I capable in multiple conversations last night with people within the industry to get a sense of what what the thought process is unfortunately the answer that I got is it's typically just petulance it's just sort of a childish thing I'm mad about something and I want to tell people that I'm mad about something but I'm not I'm not capable of just coming out and explaining why it is that I'm mad about it. And in some instances, like we've seen after something like this, like some of those pictures start to go back. It's, it's, it's what makes it so weird. Like I just don't get it and I can't get it and I can't specifically tell you. And it might be something that we learn more about as the off season goes on. It might very well be that within a week we get an answer like, Hey, this is the thing you know, Hollywood Brown really is mad that the Ravens won't sign Antonio. Like, he's really mad. He feels as though they're disrespecting his family because they won't even, you know, bring him in for a workout. They won't even, like, he's very mad about that. I've, I've talked about the awkwardness of that. Like, it's, it is awkward. There's no, there's no getting over that. It is awkward that there's a guy out there who has been really good at football that allegedly wants to play football and he's lifelong friends with your quarterback and literally family of your top wide receiver and posts daily about how much he wants to come to the Ravens and you're just sort of left in this position where you don't you you don't want to flat out say no because you're trying to not piss off those people within your organization that are close with this person but you damn well don't want to sign him for any number of reasons. It's a, it's a weird thing to do. It's a weird line to walk. It's uncomfortable. Like, we've all kind of been there at some point in our lives. We're like, um, you know, you work in a business where uh, someone's spouse also works there. And, like, their spouse is not good their their spouse takes advantage of the fact that they're the spouse of the boss, and you you want to say something like you want, but you, it's awkward. It's awkward. This is an awkward spot for the Baltimore Ravens. They don't want to come out and say anything particularly negative about Antonio Brown because they don't want to do that to the people in the organization. Their quarterback is the most important person, and he cares about Antonio Brown for whatever reason. We can know the things that we know about Antonio Brown and yet still deal with the fact that the quarterback of the football team cares about this human being. We don't don't have to like it, but we have to acknowledge the fact that it's it's a thing. So what do you do? We would all like it for the Ravens to publicly shout, no, we're not going to do that. Obviously, we wouldn't sign Antonio Brown. And they're kind of making it clear, right? Like, if the, the, they're, they're not doing this. And could that be it? Could it be that at some point, Hollywood Brown is so mad that they won't... This guy's available, and he's good. And he'd help our team. And we all... We like him. And you won't even... I'm mad. I'm, I'm, I'm mad. And I'm 23. And I've got all sorts of... Because I'm 23 years old. I'm I'm mad. I'm gonna go delete pictures. 
if that's the case, it, the inability to separate makes so little sense to me. You, you it, say it, that, but you, you you were 23 once. Like we you, We've got to remember this. We're not dealing with people that have the the life experience of a 40-year-old to be able to say, like, they're 23 years old. The, the word 23 might as well come with the word immature. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to believe that we're adults, right? We've been through college at that point. We've experienced some things. We think we know. We think we've got a grasp of the world. We have no effing clue. We're 23 years old. And again, I, I don't... To be clear, I don't really care what's on somebody's Instagram or not. If Hollywood Brown decided he just didn't want to have social media, I'd say, God bless you. But it was a it was a clear, I'm doing something very specific with my social media. And the question is, why? And there's no good answer other than you're 23. And we all do things at 23 emotionally. I, I kept, I, by the way, really, I, I kept trying to look for a pointed, this is why maybe it makes more sense. This is why, I really, like in some bizarre world, wondered if this was something that an agent could take into a team and say, until you pay us this amount of money, we're not advertising for you on social media. We're giving you free advertising and we don't want to do that any longer. It, we're helping you profit and we're not going to do that. You pay us this amount of money, we're happy to do that. But until you do, we're not. Like, that was the theory that I had working in my head. Like, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something to... We think we're we think that this social media account is this valuable, that we're not going to help you anymore until you take care of us. Again, seems silly... We're just talking about a stupid Instagram page, but at least I could work with that. At least I could say, like, okay, I'm, I'm, have a value for yourself. I mean, I'll, I'll listen. It's still weird, but I'll listen. I couldn't even get that. I mean, I really all I could get was childishness and, and petulance, and it's kind of what it is. It's kind of what it is. And again, I have to remember, we were all 23 once, and we were, we just at 23, we are, we do emotional things, man. It's the way that it goes. And I, I'm not telling you, I want to make that very clear. I'm not reporting anything. I don't know what's going on with Hollywood Brown, uh, other than the fact that he's not retiring to go play video games. For F's sake. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out why. Why would that be something that a person would do? What would the value of that be? And I've, Again, all I could get in going all sorts of places was just immaturity. That's all I could get. And again, it may, maybe, maybe, maybe today he makes a statement. He says, no, it's actually about whatever, you know, your theory. And then if that's the case, that's the case. Why he would wait 24 hours to do that, I have no effing clue. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but, you know, maybe there is something else. I don't, I don't get the sense that that's the case. All right, today's show is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. You know how much I love playing Underdog Fantasy Football. Even when I come up a half-catch short with Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl, it happens. Football's oval. Oval? Man, I guess technically football is oval. I guess I nailed that. (laughs) Football is over, but there are still plenty of contests for you with Underdog Fantasy Football. Basketball, hockey, if they ever get around to playing baseball, you'll have the option for doing that. And if you use the code PRESSBOX, they will match up to $100 
and your first deposit with free money for you to play with. Underdogfantasy.com. Download the Underdog app. Get to playing today. When we come back in, Drew Forrester joins us. It's a Wednesday, so of course we're talking to Drew. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms the latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by the CIAA Tournament, which indeed is coming to Baltimore in Royal Farms Arena next week, the 22nd through 26th. It's going to take over the city. You're going to want to be a part of it. Get your tickets right now by going to CIAATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org, the CIAA Tournament. And when I, when I say CIAA, you don't have to spell out double. It's CIAATournament.org is the website for you to get your tickets. It all starts next Tuesday at Royal Farms Arena. Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios are up on uh, social media, facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Go check him out. We'll talk about him here in a minute as Drew Forrester joins us on GCR, DrewsMorningDish.com. What's going on, pal? How are you? All is well. What's going on with you? Everything is good. Um, I, I, I'm. Do you? Do you? Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to put this the right way. Do you really 
care that people were throwing beer at a golf tournament or are you doing like your old man bit and shtick where, you know, you have to say that because you're trying to play a character? No, it's terrible. It was reprehensible. It was terrible. So weird. Okay. You, you, you can't throw objects at golfers. In the same way that you can't throw objects at basketball well, hang, players. Hang on a second. But, like, there were no golfers standing there. They were back at the tee box. Sure, sure they were. Carlos Ortiz got hit with one. You're, you're, oh, I, you don't I, know I, what I, you're talking I, about. I, I mean, I don't. I, I, I don't watch golf. Okay. I admit that. So well, I saw the video, you can't, though. You can't throw objects at the athletes who are competing in any sport. So it was terrible. Now, the whole scene... The whole 20,000-seat configuration is outstanding. Like, I love it. I think it's awesome. I think the 16th, 17th, and 18th holes there, the way they have built them into this, you know, almost like it's an indoor, almost like they're playing in a facility. I think it's awesome. I think it's arguably the best three finishing holes on tour. But you can't throw beer or bottles of water or anything else that they've given you, you can't throw those at the golfers. Okay. I, look, I don't really care either way, and I've actually been to this tournament and I, I, at a time in my life where I love drinking, and, and I, you know, I, it still didn't do anything for me because it was just, it's, I, I just, I've tried. I've tried a million times. Um, I, I thought visually it, it did. The, all the, the video made it look cool, and I do think that this tournament does well for people that just think that golf is some sort of stiff sport and, like, I could never get into it. It's a bunch of stiffs. Well, okay. Well, it looks like these people are having a good time. To, to the point of, like, if and I, I don't know. If they're throwing full beer cans at someone in the same way that they had to get rid of that at Preakness all those years ago, yeah, you that, that can't exist. Well, that's what they were doing. Well, I thought it was all cups. Were there actual? Not at all. Oh. Not at all. All right. Well, then they're gonna have to get. They're gonna have to. There's no doubt. Right. They'll have to, they'll they'll, have to get rid of that. They'll figure that out. Yeah. And they'll, they'll get rid of that. Nobody will be allowed to have a can next year. That I mean, that'll that'll correct. be as simple as that. Correct. And correct. they'll they'll go forward with it. Um, it's, yeah, but the actual the revelry and the raucous behavior. And look, here's the deal. If you as a golfer don't like that scene or, or don't, you know, want to be a part of it, you don't have to play in the event. No. And I, I mean, they, they all seem to enjoy it a great deal for the most part. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the younger guys, uh, other than the two who got fine for taking their shirts off, the younger guys like it. I think they think it's cool. Um, you know, Brandel Chambly got into some hot water with his old school barstool comment. But the reality is that that is true. He, he being whatever he is, 54 or whatever, he's saying that um, it takes on a different, you know, takes on a little bit of a different tone when he says golf has gone from old school to barstool. And I'm not so sure that's good. Um, he knew, he knew when he said it, he would get pushback from that. But if the older players, and I, when I say older, I mean those guys that are in their forties that are more, you know, that are are more buttoned up. If they don't like that scene, they just don't have to sign up for the event. Right? Yeah. There's plenty more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's forty four events on tour. Just don't go to Phoenix. There's lots like, of them all throughout if, the course. If of it year. bothers you that much, and it is different, there's no doubt. It's, but you know, I wrote um, when I wrote about this a couple days ago, like twenty years ago. The idea of you playing music out of your golf cart or your bag that was that was audible, right. not with like earphones, the idea that you would have a device 
laying in your golf bag or sitting in your golf cart that was playing music while people were playing golf 20 years ago, that would have been, it would have been laughed at. Now at my club, if you don't play music, you're the outlier. Right, 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 right. I, get it. I mean, it just. I get it. And, well, and, 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 and you guys aren't you guys aren't there out there competing for the Masters, right? So what is the will, argument against? Right, it? there will be occasions. It's happened to me. There will be occasions when someone will say, I, I, "I'm I'm not going to play if you guys are going to play music." And I say, "Well, we're playing music." Right. This is what this we're out we're out hitting a golf ball around. Like settle that. But we're going to play, yeah. and and you know that's not always. That's not always liked. There are times when people have said, you're not going to play music. Uh, I am going to play music. Yeah, those, those old guys get on you. You're trying. You're just trying yeah, to right. jam out. You're just trying to jam out to your boss skags, man. What right, the, right, right, all right. The kids I'm just listening to the dude. Jackson 5. Give yeah, me a break. Right. <laughs> you square. Just but, it's, but, you know, I, I totally understand. Like, there are things about golf that have changed that I – that I like. And there are some things about golf that have, that, that have changed that I don't like. And to that degree, I subscribe to the, you know, I mean, when you come to play at my club, right, we have a different dress policy than does Baltimore country club. As an example, right. They're, they're, they're 12 miles away or whatever they are as a crow flies. The, but the lifestyle of that club and the fabric of that club is totally different than my club. Some of what they do there, I actually wish my club did. So, okay. you know, it's golf has changed a lot over the last 20 years. And it, it, it some of it is bar stool. I mean, that Bramble Chamblee was right when he said that. He, he, but he had to know he was going to get pushback from that. Well, and I would that, think, I, I would you know, think the bar stool kids, kids, the yeah. bar stool group, they, will come to your course and they will play with their hat backwards and their shirts untucked and their music blaring and everybody does a shot. Anytime somebody makes a birdie, like they're, that's just what they're going to do. Right. And you know, that's 20 years from now. That might be the way it is at every, every club. Well, and I think that's the question, right? Like this, this tournament in Phoenix has been like, again, I went 15, whatever, 16 years ago at this point. It was when I was out at that tournament. It's been like this for a long time. It, what it, it hasn't led to every tournament on the tour turning into, you know, a, a, a crazy scene where everybody's, you know, getting drunk all the time. Like right. It, it, well, part of that is where they place it. I, I do believe if this tournament were in March, it wouldn't be nearly as maniacal as it is on Super Bowl weekend. So I do think where they place it is part of it. And that's not to suggest that it's wrong. I'm saying they, they've built this tournament to be – this mega event, mm -hmm. which, by the way, has raised annually well over $2 million yep. in charity money. I've been involved with the Thunderbirds. They do great work. Right. So, that, you know, they if this tournament were at the end of March, it probably would have a different feel. But it's Super Bowl weekend. It It's, it's made for people to revel and have a good time, and they, they make sure the event, although it almost didn't this year, they make sure the event finishes by kickoff next right. year obviously it's in it's in phoenix so my guess is my guess is they'll play wednesday to saturday next year i can't imagine that they would although in the play. They, they always played on sunday in the past when they when they had the super bowl i i guess maybe they did they yeah. just try, i think they just tried to wrap it up even earlier if i remember right. correctly like they but you know it's I, it, look golf is in golf is a sport that doesn't often have many compelling stories right right 
It, it doesn't. Like no. you've got a, I, I love golf. It's my life. I, I can find a compelling story in anything. I found a great story in Scotty Scheffler winning last week. Like, but for the most people, golf doesn't have many compelling stories. This is a kind of a compelling story. The Saudi Arabia thing, a compelling story. Golf doesn't have many of those. So sure. when golf does have one, dot, 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 right. it, it gets, it a lot gets more. kind of blown at, right. It yeah. gets blown up. And I, I, I think for the most part, this issue in Phoenix is a non-issue. Other than you can't throw things at the players. Okay, but there's That's all. like so. Let me go back to something. My answer is you just get rid of cans, right? Like you get rid of cans, and if people are throwing cups, like what? I don't see how that's going to end up being a big deal. You're suggesting that they they can't throw anything at all. Like I would say that you throwing anything at a player is okay. not cool. Well, I mean, like, if you're targeting a player, I, I mean, I think that you should immediately be ejected and never allowed back. Like, I, I got no problem with that. But, I mean, like, the idea of them just tossing all their beers up in the air when someone hits an ace, which seems, again, it creates this great visual that gets shared on social media. I don't give a rat's ass about golf. You know that. I, I can't. I've tried a billion times. This is not a – I don't care about a lot of things in my life. And I like a lot of things that other people don't, right? But I see that, and I'm like, wow, I got to acknowledge that looks really cool. It's a great image. You think they need to utterly ban tossing beers or specifically say, hey, if we see you throw it at a player, you're out of here. You're done. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have to create some sort of a rule. And I, I, you know, that somebody, and again, how are you going to police? You know, there's so many, there's so, the easiest solution to me is to just serve the alcohol in cups. Right. Right. That's going to that's yeah. going to be the easiest solution. And with some sort of um, encouragement, we're asking you to not throw these items on uh, at or on in the direction of the tee. If you want to throw them at the green or in the fairway, knock yourself out. I think you shouldn't be allowed to throw them in the direction of the players. Okay. Period. All right. I mean, I, I, but, I, but I if you, you want to throw your $9 beer onto right. the green. That's on you. Yeah. You, make you, that you know, knock yourself out. There's an agronomist somewhere who would tell you that's not good, but that's, but that's neither here <laughs> or there. I can't believe you know what an agronomist is. I got to be honest. That's the upset well, of the day. It's, yeah. it's, it's you in high school, somebody that grows grass. <laughs> right. Exactly right. Well, I didn't grow it, Drew. You and Paul. <laughs> Wait, took way too much effort to grow it. <laughs> right. You had to get the lighting right. Yeah, right. You had to find a closet that your mom wasn't every, using. Every, every I mean, I don't know about it, but my, yeah, no, all right. my friends uh, told me understood. about it. Yeah, at, uh, I was going to make a joke that I don't – I was going to say ask Ethan, but probably right. – he, Hey, yeah. he's a esteemed he a, coward. He's a good student. young man. I agree. He's a good, Watch young, yourself. He's a good young man. No debate about that. <laughs> Drew Forrest or DrewsMorningDish.com. I look. I I'm th- we're three days removed. I'm, I realize I'm out of things to say about the Super Bowl. I don't I don't care about the Matthew Stafford Hall of Fame debate. Like I I don't think he is at the moment, but I think he could be. I don't, I just don't think it's all that interesting, all that compelling. I just think we realize we don't have anything else to talk about. Oh well, and, all he did on Sunday, and I said this, and of course people because they don't a they don't read, and b people like to overreact. It's what we do now in this country. All I said is with this win. He enters the discussion. That's all I said. I agree with that. With this win, yep. he enters the discussion. If Matt Stafford would have never won a Super Bowl, yeah, there's no he argument never entered the discussion. Yeah, there's, there's no, no one would. You couldn't attempt to make right. an argument for him. So all I said was, with this win, he enters the discussion. Now, um, and I'm doing this off the top of my head. He's got fifty thousand yards passing. 
He's 16,000 yards behind Rivers, who, by the way, of course, never won one. But he also played four more years, five, six more years. If Stafford plays four more years in the league and plays whatever that turns out to be, 16 years, and he has 70,000 yards passing and 380 yards, uh, 380 touchdowns and, and a Super Bowl, he'll be in the discussion. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. The I, only... I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. In right, fact, right. I, I, my opinion of him is he isn't. But I, all I'm saying is when a guy wins a Super Bowl and plays in the league for course, 15 or 16 years there, and yeah. accumulates those kind of stats, he's going to be in the discussion. I, and I agree with that. Again, I, I, I this is why I think the conversation is not compelling. It, his career is not over, right? Do like... you think – here's a question for you. With dismissing and don't bring up the Super Bowls. Right. Do you think he's a better quarterback than Eli oh, Manning? Of course. I, by, by the way, I am not. I don't think the two Super Bowls should make Eli Manning a Hall of Famer. I've said that a billion times. I don't think Eli Manning is a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think it's right. nuts that. And and also, I'm not certain that he would be talked about that way. We just said this the other day. If he played his career in Charlotte instead of New York and had the exact same career, I don't know that we would treat Eli Manning. And, and maybe I'll separate one other thing. If his net, last name wasn't Manning. If, if he was Eli Johnson and he was a Carolina Panthers quarterback who happened to win two Super Bowls and was otherwise pretty mid for the majority of his career, I don't think we would have this conversation at all in the same way. I think the entirety of Eli Manning's is, is less about him winning two Super Bowls. It's more about the fact that he's in the biggest media market in the country that gets the absolute most coverage, and there's there are people that were willing to bang and scream and try to create a narrative because of it and then combine that with the fact that He's part of the Manning dynasty, and he sort of gets some rub because of that. I, I just the idea that two Super Bowls alone magically gets you into the Hall of Fame. I, I've never understood that. Right. Well, I, I just think when you're talking about when you're you know when we do this right, we compare. Uh, John Harbaugh wouldn't like it, but we compare these people because it's one of the ways that you say this guy. This guy belongs, this guy doesn't. This guy's great, this guy's only good. This guy, whatever. We do that in every sport, right? He, if To me, Stafford's a better quarterback than Eli Manning. He was just saddled with the, arguably the worst right. franchise in the history of the league. I, I do like, think the argument about like all pros is is compelling. And like, I do think there is something to be said for We talk about this all the time in baseball where – we can look at numbers at the end of the year, but we also know that numbers can be put up in all sorts of ways, right? Like, and and we can say Matthew Stafford threw for this many yards, but we also know that he had to keep throwing in games because his team was getting his ass kicked. Um, and, I think Richard Sherman's argument the other day yeah. was, um, I don't even know what the word is. I, 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 I think, think it's compelling. Spot, yes, I think he was spot on. I think like, it's a if, and, and look, here's the thing, and and this has happened in every sport, in every sport. Although I have to admit, I don't follow the NBA enough to know who's made it, so I could be wrong on the NBA. But I'll just say, for sure, in baseball and football, which are the only two Hall of Fames I really care about, in in both of those, it has become the Hall of Very Good. In both of those. In some instances, yes. It, it, It has become that. Over time, it has dwindled down. It's And, you know, I... I used to do this when I was in the soccer business and the Ravens do it now with their ring of honor. Like you, 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 you have to have some sort of standard and, but dot, 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 you also have a sponsor giving you 500 grand a year who says, Hey, when's the big day? When are we putting somebody in? Right. Correct. And you, you've got to put somebody in. Right. 
So it, over time, it's become, and I'm not, I, I think the Ravens have done, and I'm not talking at all about the running back because we all know what happened there. I think for the most part, the Ravens have done themselves well with the people that they've put in. I, I do. I don't think there's anybody in there really. Right, we could argue about some we, of the, we've er, argued some about of the early. McCrary. Yeah, you know, McCrary is the one that stands out among Ernest the early Biner. names. Well, that he he already said we are. We, we have to separate the. Yeah, Ernest we're not. Biner. You're we not talking to, about Biner. He right. doesn't count. Right. Like we. He's we, not we in know, there. We know what happened there. Right. Like, we understand it, what and, that is. And it's and it's. This is where people in Baltimore again they, they don't understand it. It's totally acceptable that the owner of the franchise who. Um, you know, for better or worse, because he had some worse, for better or worse, was the reason why the team came to Baltimore, also had an affection for this player who had been with him and brought, and, and made him, put him in there. I, I don't even consider Ernest Biner in the Ring of Honor. I couldn't care less. He doesn't count. But I know why he's in, and I'm okay with it. Right, and right, but when you it's talk the about same the, reason the actual... that they put Johnny Unitas' name up on the, on the, uh, up there with the other Colts. I, I my son, my son couldn't care less. Who's yeah, that but, guy? but that's a different conversation altogether. No, no, no. Right? But like I'm just saying, yeah. I understand why he's up there. I, I get it. I understand. My son and his kids, they won't understand it, but I understand it. Yeah, yeah. But, but this this notion that, like, these, and I think, to me, baseball's been the worst at it, in, in my opinion. Like, at least in football, they loosely sort of say... Hey, if you're an edge rush guy or a linebacker, you got to have 100 sacks. You know, they don't say it. Well, say I, it. I think the more interesting thing is the football thing has really been obsessed with you had to make these all decade teams. Like, that's the weird part to me about the football. Like, this is a weird football Hall of Fame class. We, we kind of right. have to acknowledge this is a weird class that they put together this year. And, I, you know, I, no disrespect to Sam Mills. I'm. How twenty years later, Sam Mills is suddenly a Hall of Famer? Like I'm, I, I'm sort of left with a complete shoulder shrug when I look at some of the guys that he was up against. But it, the one thing, and you talk to the Hall of Fame voters that they'll say is, we need to get these all. You, you make an all decade team that matters, and I don't really get that right because I, I don't really know why it is that we've decided that, that is definitely a defining thing in terms of who the best players of the decade were. These weird all decade lists. But right. the voters talk about it obsessively. There are all-decade guys that aren't in the Hall of Fame, and they have like sort of decided if you were good enough to make this all-decade list, it means that you are a Hall of Famer. And I, I sort of think that that's and, – and, and by the way, Richard Sherman brought that up when he was talking about Matt Stafford. This is the part that I get. Like If, if at no point did we say you were even among the best players at your position for a period of time, and at no point – have we decided that Matthew Stafford was a top five quarterback in the NFL for the last 15 years? Like we, no one has talked about that. There's something to be said for that. Like you can put up numbers, but hall of fame. I don't don't know. Again, I I spent more time on this than I even wanted to, because I just don't, I don't really care all that much. It's just seems anyway, back to the game. Who won? Yeah. Right. I believe the, I believe the St. Louis uh, managed. I thought it was, I, I, you know, I mean, I did not think it was a good game. I don't think it was a good game. I don't think it was a good game. It was a great game either. I think ultimately, I kind of think the right team won. Probably, I, yeah. I, I feel like they have. I think if I feel like if they played the game five times, the Rams would beat them three point six five of those. Yeah, something like, like that. Right. I, I just feel like the better team won. Clearly, the team with the better defense won. Um, I, I just 
you know, despite Sean McVay, I feel like the right team won. You know, and I mean, that's not to say. I mean, I think the Bengals, as as we all know, right? They're on to something. They got some holes and some blemishes that they're going to have to fix. We know that, but they could be pretty dangerous. I mean, I I I think the Bengals will have a foundation of having a quarterback and a you know all worldwide receiver, and that's going to make you a threat. You know, like that's just the reality. Yeah, they're, of they're, it. and guys, and this is the thing, and we always talk about this, like football wise. And, you know, I mean, there are other sports where this works, too. But there are now guys that are that would in the right. past would never have considered Cincinnati. Yeah, that'll think about who, it 100%. Who now say, hmm, wouldn't mind having that guy throw the ball to me. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, but they need some work. They need, you know, they need work. They need, uh, obviously, they got to get a better offensive line, or that kid will never be one place six no, of years. Course not. Right, and that's that's part of it. You got to keep, you got to keep him healthy. You got there's 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 a ton of layers to this. There's a hundred percent a ton of layers to it. But to think that they're not going to be in the conversation, they're not. They they're the team to beat in the AFC North at the moment until proven otherwise. It's just the reality of it. Yeah, sure. Just because they lost the Super Bowl. Thought the halftime show was great. Yeah, you know, I would like to have seen more Eminem, but other than that, yeah, there I was thought... absolutely no need for Fifty Cent to be involved with that whatsoever. No, I, I, no doubt. It's, it's it's almost a joke that, that ever occurred. No, no disrespect to him. Fine career, but come on, man. Like, no, I thought it read was. The, I read thought, the room. You know, I thought it was cool. I thought the whole thing was yeah. It was it was. I, I felt like the broadcast was kind of odd. I think that's because of NBC. I think that's because of Michaels and oh, I think all of, it's it's super awkward that like the, you had someone working sidelines who literally the next day was going to launch her conservative politics career. Um, like that that was clearly awkward for everybody down the stretch this season. They wouldn't even let her work games uh, down late in the season. Then all of a sudden she was back to get a triumphant exit. Only to suddenly the next day be a, a Republican politician, which is just a weird. Like everything about that is weird. Um, right. The Al Michael situation is weird, right? Like where where he's talking, he's like, "Ah, I'll be somewhere next year." The whole Amazon thing is super weird. <laughs> like they're gonna start doing football games, and and nobody said, "Hey, maybe let's get all this sorted out before we all go to the Super Bowl and we all have to talk about it." Everybody's right. doing interviews for two weeks, and nobody has an answer to a question. Like everything about this was really weird. Um, but other than that, yeah, it was it was fine. It was it was it was the Super Bowl. It's what it is. Let's play. Would you rather? Win, really quickly. Would you rather Wednesday? Brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Of course, GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. Somebody's winning a twenty-five dollar gift card to Glory Days Grill today. You can use that to get as many smoky thigh wings as you like, or anything else from their wonderful menu. GloryDaysGrill.com. All right, uh, Forrester, uh, I'll give you this. Would you rather next season? Speaking of the Bengals. Would you rather, next season, the Bengals come back with the exact same god-awful offensive line, but the Steelers somehow manage to land Aaron Rodgers? Or the Steelers really do have to stick it out with Mason Rudolph as their quarterback, but the Bengals drastically upgrade their offensive line with the likes of Teron Armstead and maybe even Bradley Bozeman? I don't mind Rodgers going there. I, 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 you know, I don't know. Is he in the November of his career? I, he was I the, wouldn't mind. He was the MVP I, of the league this season. I know, but he, he wasn't actually, but he won. <laughs> but he wasn't really the MVP. Who was? But um, I think that kid in L.A. is the MVP. Right, maybe. Fine. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But if he, if he yeah. was, it's not like Rodgers was far off, dude. Like, you see. What, do you have three interceptions all season? Come on, man. <laughs> um. They can have, they can have Rodgers. I, you know, I 
I don't know that they have a whole lot else up there. They can have Rodgers. I'll take Rodgers. I don't want the Bengals to get any better than they are. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Um, yeah. They can have Rodgers. I'm assuming you never watch Breaking Bad, so I'll just skip past that one for you. Never, never saw that. Um, yeah, never saw that movie ever. That movie, right? That movie. Okay. Uh, this one. Oh, you I know did what? watch Mystic River again the other night, ah, which very similar. Yes, very similar. Was to those two. Stories. A phenomenal movie. All right. Uh, I'll give you number three. You've got a, and, and maybe it's a similar situation you might deal with. Uh, you've got a talent, congratulations. You have a talented, successful, likable 18-year-old son. Congratulations. Okay. He has two particular skill sets, and he can pursue one career or the other. Would you rather he pursue a career in football, where he's legitimately good enough that he could be successful in the NFL, or pursue a career in video games? Oh, I yeah, my son's not allowed to play football. So. Okay, I've had a couple of people, you're trying to cheat. In this premise, you have to understand he's already playing football. You have to give that up. He's played football in high school. He's We know he's a successful football player at this point. And now he could go to the NFL. He could, he's got to make a decision. Is he going to go to college knowing that everybody, the legitimate people look at him and say, this kid's got a chance to be successful in the NFL. Nah, we'll do the video game thing. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Very good. What's coming Just up? Just like in- Hollywood. Well, I don't think that's exact, actually what he's doing, Drew. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. <laughs> pretty sure. <laughs> that's not what he's doing. Pretty obviously. sure that's not the case. But that's oh, it's, pretty, no. pretty hilarious bit yesterday by people. No, 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 no. It's the, it, these people, the trolls offer nothing. It's insane how stupid we are. Like, it's insane how truly dumb we as a society have become that we're incapable of separating someone who's trolling on the internet from someone with factual information. Yeah, like, Marquise Brown is not quitting the NFL to play video games. People people with blue check marks were amplifying this. Right. Like, he is it, not doing that. It's, in, right. it's unreal how stupid we are as a society. It's, right. It's, it's just I, I agree. He, you know, I saw it right away, and I'm like, is the first huh? thing you do is say, yeah, probably not. <laughs> like, again, if, if right. Adam Schefter said it, we'd be like, wow, this is nuts. But it would be Adam Schefter saying it. And we would have no choice but to say, well, there's probably validity to it at that point, right? right. As crazy as it is. My God. All right, uh, what's coming up at DrewsMorningDish.com? Um, what's tomorrow? Thursday? Yeah, yes, tomorrow would be Thursday. I'm not sure what's going on tomorrow. What's Maryland play? Friday against Nebraska? Uh yes, that is actually true. You are so you're so into it's such a weird bit where you care about Maryland. Bet. They're terrible. What are you doing? How do you not have anything better to do with your time? How how is that possible? You know, state school. You know Towson's good, right? They are good. They're really good. You used to pay all the attention in the world to Towson when they stunk. <laughs> right. Now they're now really good. Maryland. Maryland stinks and you're spending all your time watching Maryland. What the F is going on? Oh, it's the state school. You, Who is going to get the job? Um, I, I mean, I would still bet Kevin Willard at this point. Like, if I had to bet money, I, I mean, I look. We 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 know the group. Willard Enfield. If Cooley's willing to leave, I'd love. You know, he he didn't beat Villanova last night, but I you know I think he'd be a great hire. And you know, we were talking yesterday that like I don't. Notre Dame's had a really good season, and you know Mike Bray badly wants the job. I. I think that we've written off Mike Bray because Notre Dame had like two or three bad seasons, but dude's a hell of a coach. He's accomplished a lot. He's been to two Elite Eights. Like Mike Bray really wants the job. I- I'm not 
I'm not as dismissive of it as I was two months ago, like when I thought he couldn't be a candidate. I, I think there might be a warranted Mike Bray conversation to be had. So. Okay. All right, at It's a Hooded Forearm on Twitter, and that's how you follow him. Drew Forrester, appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you soon. Sure. Bye-bye. Hour number one of the show is in the books. It has also been brought to you today by, ooh, this one's brought to you by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed Stand the Fan and Ross Grimsley chatting with Dave Johnson on Monday night, find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, or go to pressboxonline.com slash video, and you can watch there. I'd like to take a break if we can. If you think it's going to be an issue, you, you, know, you can be the producer, man. We'll grab a break. Vinny Iyer from Sporting News. We're going to talk to him about the NFL draft. Our weekly draft segment is next, Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms after being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAA. AATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR into hour number two of the show. Every week we try to talk a little NFL draft once the Ravens season ends and, you know, until we get to actual draft week. I just saw this man's uh, big board over at SportingNews.com. He, of course, longtime NFL writer for the Sporting News. He is our friend, Mr. Vinny Iyer, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Vinny, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. Hey, before we get into the draft, we were just doing the dumb uh, Matthew Stafford uh, debate because, you know, that's that's you know how this business works. Um, do you have a strong feeling about this conversation in any sort of way? I have a strong feeling that I'm ready to stop talking about All it. Right. All right, <laughs> but, I'm, with, I'm with you but, on that. No, no, no. I, I, my strong feeling is he's not, and let's just move on. Like I, The recency bias is crazy when it comes to sports now, and it's – it's gone out of control, and just in the weight we put on the Super Bowl, where we're breaking down in MLB every single year, and all these minute stats to determine if guy's a Hall of Famer versus another one, then we're like, oh, he won the Super Bowl, even though he threw two interceptions in a the game. They won as a team effort. Okay, he's good to go for the right, Hall of Fame, yeah. which we've never been saying about guys that were lifted by their defense and winning in the past, and. I remember uh, Joe Flacco having a big run there in the playoffs. He actually carried his team. Yes, he was much better. Through. He was much better in the postseason than Matthew Stafford was in this postseason. Of course, we all know Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback overall than Joe Flacco. But your point is valid. And 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 to to extend your point, if if Joe Burrow gets one more second of protection and can see Jamar Chase get wide open and hit him for a touchdown, there are we literally saying that the Matthew Stafford argument comes down to the fact that Joe Burrow you know, didn't get one more second of protection because if he would, they would have lost the game. Like, it's yeah, I mean that's the thing is, that, and I think we just forget how much defense does play a factor in winning the games. And last year definitely played a part in shutting down Patrick Mahomes. So let's give defense a little credit. I just think we've become so offensive minded when it comes to the NFL that because we have all these great offenses, when a defense does things like that that Aaron Donald, Von Miller right. do, you got to give them a mad respect. Yes, let's 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 appreciate the fact that Aaron Donald has literally been an eternal talent, like a a truly iconic player. The like that that's where like, we can we can get lost in hyperbole. He's legitimately the greatest player that's ever played a position. It's insane that we've been able to watch Aaron Donald play football at this high of a level for this long. Like that to me is the biggest takeaway of the Rams winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's no doubt that he's a Hall of Famer, so that was right, really right, big. Right, right. Yes. At least we can uh, yes. hang our helmets on that. There's no so. doubt. All right, let's talk a little NFL draft. I'm looking at your uh, mock draft at SportingNews.com. And uh, with the 14th pick, you, Vinny Iyer, have the Baltimore Ravens selecting Clemson cornerback Andrew Booth. I- is that to you more about um, how you had your first 13 picks falling out and just who was sitting there at 14? Or is it to you more about the idea that, like, you know, we, we saw what happened to the Ravens and they lost Marcus Peters and th- they they need to prioritize another top cornerback this offseason? Yeah, I think uh, corner is a pretty deep position early. There are a lot of big corners, too, like on the other side of six feet and uh, Andrew Booth is right there. So And these are very fluid-type players that they can play in different schemes and be effective, so... There, there's quite a few of those, and it's going to be determining which corner is the right. I mean, you have uh, guys uh, like Roger McCreary of Auburn and Trent McDuffie of Washington. They're around there. Then you have Ahmad Gardner of Cincinnati. There's a lot of very top-level talent at that position. So tapping into that would make sense in the middle of the first round. I don't know if the offensive line situation will work out as well, where you're feeling that you have to reach for someone there, but that. It could come into play as well with uh, three pretty good offensive tackles on the board. I think a lot of them, or all of them, could be gone before Baltimore picks. Right. So it, it's it's going to be 
interesting, but I think in terms of need and value for player, that's kind of what aligned right now for the Ravens. And you, of course, have Tyler Lindenbaum going much higher than the Ravens at 14, and that's one name that I think a lot of people around here have been talking about. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News with us here on GCR. Vinny, it, it's, it's a couple of names that you have right after 14 that are most interesting to me, and in particular, I feel like I, I, my conversation, my draft conversation is starting to center around David Ajabo because of this really unique connection, right? That That Mike McDonald, there's this thought from the people that you talk to up there that he made David Ajabo work. And so now that the Ravens have Mike McDonald as their defensive coordinator, knowing they have badly struggled. I mean, the the, the guys they've had there post-Terrell Suggs have all been better edge rushers away from Baltimore than they've been in Baltimore, right? The Anik Ngakwe's of the world, the Matt Judon's of the world. We continue to see this. You've, you've got the coordinator that knew exactly how to make this guy work. Wouldn't that make David Ajabo so much more appealing for the Ravens at 14? Yeah, I think yeah, there are a lot of connections there that you can look at. And it's all about can he fit in their scheme as well. And that's going to be the bottom line. And I guess they can adjust the scheme now and uh, put some of the things that uh, they had under the other Harbaugh and put the – into play here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely going to be a consideration. He may move up here in the end. And he's a guy that some people have higher right now. I'm just wanting to see a little bit more in yeah. the pre-draft process. But I, I think he could end up definitely breaking into the top 12 as a value there. So uh, Ravens, uh, they don't want him to go up too high because I think they want him to play and they want him to be in the right place. But, yeah, he, he would be an available option for them right now. Right now he's going to the Eagles there have about three picks there in the, right in the middle of the draft. Um, the other name that's right behind it is a guy that I think is it's, – it's interesting. Jordan Davis, the defensive lineman from Georgia, who's just a monster. I mean, just an absolute wrecker. And the Ravens could use some more, you know, backfield help, like guys that can make, you know, disrupt disruption types of plays along their defensive line at this point. I guess there is a knock on Jordan Davis that he only played, you know, what thirty some percentage of the snaps at Georgia. The, the people, the things that you hear from down there is, well, he could have played more. We just we didn't need him to because we were that deep down here, right? Like it, Jordan Davis to me is so appealing because of just what a wrecker he's capable of being. Are you at all afraid of him having not played so many snaps during his college career? No, I mean you just look at the impact and the efficiency when he was out there. I mean, the dominant force, yes, and that's what you're looking at here. And you're almost happy that he didn't get worn down in college, right? I mean, do you want a player to get worn down? I mean, I, I bring this up, and I don't think this can be completely ignored. Look at three of the rookies that were fantastic from last year. You have Jamar Chase, you have Micah Parsons, Rashawn Slater. They all didn't play in college last year, and they had three excellent rookie seasons. So. I don't want a guy worn down from playing a lot of snaps in college anyway. I want him fresh when he comes into the league and show me that he's got a pro impact. I think Jordan Davis has done that. So, yeah, it's a good problem to have when you have maybe multiple defenders that you can look at that can help your team and you can go best player available and feel pretty confident. But that, regardless, I think that's a, that middle of the draft right there in the first round, is, I think it's going to be defense heavy however it shakes out. He is Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He's with us. We're talking about the NFL draft. Um, Vinny, in, in that mock draft that you put out, you do have one quarterback going ahead of 14. Of course, one of the conversations that you have when you're a team that's not in the market for a quarterback, and we, we assume that's where the Baltimore Ravens are, 
is that you're better off having a lot of quarterbacks going. We all know that this is a unique year. Do, do you get a sense of, hey, at some point the teams that don't win the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes or don't win the Russell Wilson sweepstakes or – you know that 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 sit there and say, "My God, we still don't have a quarterback," or you know, all that's left at this point is is Jameis Winston. Um, do you get a sense that there's going to be movement, and even in what we all kind of agree is a down quarterback class, there's still the possibility that two, three teams end up trying to make moves to get up there because they're just they desperately need to find a quarterback because they can't run out. You know, insert name here, Drew Locke or Gardner Minshew is their starting quarterback next season. Yeah, it's all about supply and demand and your tolerance to say, how far do I want to move up? Do I feel confident because people are down on this class and some teams won't be desperate that you can just wait and get what you want or don't move up as much? So that's what's going to play out a little bit. There'll be a little bit more clarity once you get through free agency and the trades are made then you'll know what teams are kind of settled on their starting quarterback, and that'll open things up and help teams decide who they want to target, what teams they want to jump in front of if they want to get a quarterback. But uh, I think as much as this quarterback class is not getting anyone excited now, I think you'll see some things develop here where people start looking at the upside of Malik Wills. They'll see some of the attributes of Kenny Pickett that they like or Matt Corral. So I think they're going to gain some steam, but part of that is going to be more about the supply and demand versus the actual talent of the player. That always happens at quarterback. Do you feel like it could make maybe the 14th pick valuable um, trade-wise? If the Ravens, you know, to your point, you look and say, hey, there's, there are a bunch of defensive options sitting here, and we feel pretty good about them. Could, could 14 be about the range where you could see a team trying to come up from the back end of the first round in order to make sure they get – you know, whether it's the first quarterback at that point or, if, you know, Malik Willis, for example, is already gone, this, to make sure that they get the second guy on the list, could that provide a significant amount of value? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, and remember, teams are going to go for a particular type of quarterback as well. Like, they probably will have one guy that they're locked in more than the others, and if they see one go off the board early or two and their guy's still out there, they're going to get nervous that he's not going to be around. So. It may be a developing situation as we go through, but yeah, I mean, in the end, I would I draft that many quarterbacks early in the top half? No, right. But again, it comes down to will a team think about that? That's all you need to make that move there up front, and definitely the teams right behind. You look at the Saints; that's a team that would definitely go after a quarterback at number. 18 so some team would want to jump them for sure the Steelers are 20 so you figure that's a good entry point right there where the Ravens are picking well, and, I, and I think this goes back to the the conversation we, you know we have this all the time Vinny I'll, I'll loop it into the, the, the we're talking about um you know Lamar Jackson and being a 40 million dollar a year type of quarterback and I know this week there was talk about Derek Carr at that number and, and look Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback than Derek Carr but Derek Carr had a hell of a year last year and I, I still feel like there's this 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 thing that exists that, that's very surprising to me, which is where people just say, I don't think this player is worth this amount of money. And and you say, okay, neat, but there's no option to have them at a lower amount of money. You either pay them that amount of money or you don't have a quarterback. And I feel like that's the flip side of the argument that somehow people are still struggling with, which is you literally can't – your argument is don't have a quarterback or be in panic. Be, be sitting here right now – 
in the New Orleans Saints position where you're hoping to find a quarterback. And that that part of this equation to me, and I get it, there's got to be a limit. Like, I'm not saying you're paying Baker Mayfield $40 million a year. But, like, I, I, as much as these numbers escalate, I still feel like the fear of not having a quarterback or or, 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 or missing, getting the wrong quarterback, has got to be worth an extraordinary amount of money. Yeah, I think the problem is is these uh, muddled middle of quarterbacks, you know you're not going to win a championship with them. They're, I'd say they're a little bit higher than the bridge quarterbacks, but the Derek Carrs, the Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehills, those type of uh, quarterbacks that you know that uh, our situation could be a lot worse, but we're going to be stuck in purgatory with these quarterbacks. We're not going to win championships with them. So that's what you have to weigh is that, if you're going to make that move and not get the veteran quarterback, I think it has to be for a young quarterback and rookie quarterback because that's the whole point, right? You want that rookie contract so you can spend your money elsewhere, load up your team, and make a run. And that, that's what's happening here for most teams. I think the Rams and Buccaneers are a bit of an exception here that they were able to find the veteran right. quarterback upgrades they wanted at a very high level. That doesn't happen very often. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson may be in play, and Sean Watson, we'll see about him, could provide those uh, avenues this season. But in reality, yeah, the Bengals' way is better, right? You save a lot of money on your quarterback. They attacked, and they hit the draft well for two years. And they were able to spend on guys like Trey Hutchinson and get some, or Trey Hendrickson and get some big plays there. So I, I think you look in general that uh, that's the way that is preferred. So if you don't have the quarterback and you don't want to invest big on him, just try the draft because it may work out really well. And we've seen that here of late for teams like the Chargers and Bills and Bengals. Vinny, before I let you go, do you, do you have a gut at all about like I? You know, the Russell Wilson thing is really interesting to me because I, I would have thought it would have been paired with Seattle, you know, completely moving on, right? Like, just deciding openly that, that we're, we're, we're done with this. The idea of, like, giving Pete Carroll a new quarterback is is very weird to me. And, I, and I'm still going to operate under, like, I, I Aaron Rodgers was unhappy a year ago and, and ended up in Green Bay. Like, until I see him on another roster, I'm just going to choose to believe it's going to end up continuing to be Green Bay. Do you have a gut about how those two in particular end up playing out? Yeah, with Aaron Rodgers, I think there's only two options I see. I think it's Green Bay, or he says, I really want to go to Denver and make it work. But I can't see Denver being more appealing than Green Bay at this point. Just with the two coaches there, that's not enough to me. I think Packers are in better position, especially with no Tom Brady Buccaneers as an obstacle the Rams figure are going to slip back. So all of a sudden, the the biggest challenges for you are out of your way, including the 49ers, who are going through a quarterback transition. So if Aaron Rodgers wants to get to the Super Bowl badly, the Packers are the best team for him. For Russ Wilson, I don't know what could work except ending up in a place like Pittsburgh or Washington. I mean, those are the only two options that I would say that can he make it work there, then what does Seattle do? They don't really have a lot there to work with. Of course, a Wilson deal would bring them some capital in the draft to help them there, but it's just tough to use their resources to come up with a winning team there in Seattle unless they dump contracts, change things around, and then maybe they'll get aggressive to appeal to Wilson and keep him there. So I think both of those guys, I'd say House Money says they stay put, but there's always that window that may happen here where the teams may not cave into everything they want. 
at Vinny Iyer on Twitter. It's V-I-N-N-I-E-I-Y-E-R. That's how you give Vinny a follow, sportingnews.com. Vinny, is there anything else I can plug for you, man? No, you can just let, uh, check me out at sportingnews.com. And then uh, Locked On Fantasy Football on the Locked On Network. Check it out. Uh, we're actually bringing shows all through the off season, believe it or not. So yeah. we will keep uh, talking fantasy football advanced scouting mode, as I call it there. So check it, check us out there on the Lockdown Network. Vinny, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. All right, have a good one. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News joining us for this week's NFL Draft segment. I have just been presented. Look what I've got in my hot little hand. That's the new print issue of Pressbox, and it is going to be available today. So we kind of slow roll it. We're out delivering it right now. So if you stop by your neighborhood Royal Farms and you don't see it yet, I promise it's coming. It'll be there within the day. But that is, that's that's what it looks like. It is a 20th anniversary celebration of Maryland basketball's 2002 national championship. Gary Williams is right there on the cover. Um, Stan the Fan and I sat down for a long conversation with Gary Williams uh, about his reflections of how the program got there from when he arrived in NCAA sanctions and then how his perspective has changed over 20 years. We also chatted with uh, the players on that team about the moments that led them to ultimately cutting the nets down in Atlanta. That print issue of Press Box is available right now or soon at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box, and read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. All right, uh, let me dive back into Would You Rather Wednesday quickly. Uh, three scenarios are up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. So either the Bengals are stuck with the same crap offensive line, but the Steelers get Aaron Rodgers to be their quarterback, or the Steelers are stuck with Mason Rudolph, but the Bengals get a drastically upgraded offensive line, including, you know, Teron Armstead and, and maybe even Bradley Bozeman. I'm going to take um, Steelers get Aaron Rodgers. I, I feel like the Bengals, they can at least have, you would at least have a weakness on the team with that offensive line. With, with, the, with the Steelers getting Aaron Rodgers, I, I can live with that because he's in the, I know he just won the MVP, but he's not going to play that much longer. Uh, then they're going to have to go draft another quarterback. I think that with the, the Bengals, they're on the up and the Steelers are already on the down. I don't think Aaron Rodgers makes he makes a difference. He gets them to the playoffs, and he makes them a, a contender. I, I think it's nuts. I think the Steelers' roster is unbelievable. They had one problem. It was the quarterback. Yeah. I think you give them Aaron Rodgers, and they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender, if not a Super Bowl favorite in mm-hmm. the AFC. Well, yeah, they, they Their are, roster is excellent. They just didn't have a quarterback. I guess how long do they have Aaron Rodgers? Because Joe Burrow is going to oh, be correct. There. I mean, like, you're only dealing with that. They're going to have to go get a quarterback at some point, but they're going to have to do that now. They can always go find their quarterback. The, the danger is now they can push it off for two years, and by the time they have to go find their quarterback, it might be a good quarterback class, unlike this year's quarterback class, which seems to suck. Mm-hmm. Um I, look, I, it's this, pick your poison. This is 100%. It's why this is a good would you rather, and it's 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 a little split on this. I think a lot of people are leaning, like John Proctor says, you know, how they, um, Rodgers and Pittsburgh makes it easier to dislike them after his inoculation bull So, yeah, um, you know, I'll, I'll do that. Like, I hear you. It's you, If you don't like Aaron Rodgers, you're like, it's a perfect person to be in Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm happy to hate him there, right? Except for the fact that he's really good. Andrew Stecka's argument, um, don't improve one team that's already bad and now give yourself two teams that you have to compete against. Keep Rodgers away, now you only have to compete against the Bengals. It's a solid argument, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's a very solid argument, which is 
if the Steelers don't have a quarterback, they can't be good. They can be mediocre, but they can't be a real threat if they don't have a quarterback. Keep it that way. Yes, the Bengals get better, and it gets difficult, but it's just one team that you have to figure out, and there can still be injuries instead of having to deal with two really good teams in your own division. Compelling argument from Andrew Stecka. From KZ, I think it's the Bengals saying as is, if they improved any more, they might beat the Ravens by six touchdowns next year. Well, I mean, they might. That's a good point. But they also might not. They might not. Uh, Paul from Orlando, I'll take Rodgers going to the Steelers. He's in the twilight of his career. I'd be nervous about a young Joe Burrow behind an offensive lineman where he could stand back there like Brady. I, I, I get that he's in the twilight of his career, but it's not as if they're not going to be allowed to get a quarterback after that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not as if the Steelers as a franchise just end in two years. The idea that Aaron Rodgers is just going to fall off a cliff next season – we kept trying to do this with Tom Brady year after year after year, and it never never came. He might. Peyton Manning fell off a cliff. Of course, he won a Super Bowl the year he fell off a cliff. It's, it's possible that at some point he might. But assuming it, what did you see from Aaron Rodgers this season that makes you assume he's about to just simply fall off a cliff? I didn't see anything. No. I mean, again, you could debate all you want about him as a person, but nothing on a football perspective. That crap fest against Seattle halfway through the season. Okay, I mean, so he had one game. Like quarterbacks have I'm, I'm being facetious. I mean, that's the reality. Um, John says, however, he's a playoff choker, so that's the reason why I would. Um, from from Brian, Brian says, Glenn, no, do not give Aaron Rodgers to Pittsburgh. I know that we're not going to like the fact that Cincinnati could be really good, but at the moment I'm sick of the fact that Pittsburgh has had the upper hand for a little while. I would personally just rather see them suffer for a few years and come back to earth. All right, listen to all those arguments. Number two, would you rather? We got a trailer. For, are you a Breaking Bad guy? You are? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, good. We got a trailer for the final season of Better Call Saul this week. It is, uh, uh, it is launching in April. They're going to do it. They're also doing it like in two parts, which is even weirder because it's on. It. It's on. T- but but it's weirder because it's on TV. Yeah. Like they're not giving us all all the episodes of even the. Ha- this isn't like an Ozark situation. They're going to do weekly, half the season, then take a break. And then do weekly the other half of the season. Just do the whole damn season. Very weird. Uh, Anyway, with that in mind, would you rather we get another spinoff next year? So this is done. Better Call Saul is done. Would you rather we get another spinoff next year, perhaps like an origin story on Mike Ehrmantraut, or maybe the rise of Walter Jr., or no, it's time we just put Breaking Bad to bed? No, it's time we just put Breaking Bad to bed because a they've already kind of given you an origin story on Mike Ehrman. They've given you a little bit, a, a little they bit, but like they, I, they I, could I'm explore not, that so much further. I'm not interested. And he's in, compelling as hell. I, I'm not interested in him enough anymore. Like I, I, I know, like I know his backstory that he was a cop and and, and, and like he was like not the greatest father and, the, and then the husband died and all that. Like I, I, his son died or something like that, and so I, I, I get that. I'm good. I don't need to know more about him. And I feel like Walter Jr. is arguably one of the worst characters in the history of television. I hated that dude. I do not need to see anymore. But it wouldn't be the same character. This would be now someone who's been hardened by everything and is an adult and is looking at it with a different perspective and maybe considers what his father was doing and trying to help the family and considers what path that he wants to take his own life. That would be one hell of a turnaround. Yes, it would be, but that's what happens when someone becomes an adult. By the yeah. way, I, I was pointed out by a couple people. I kept saying 23 with uh, Hollywood Brown. He is 24. I am very sorry. He's 24. Because as we all know, we went from 23 to 24. We got v- just drastically more mature. My whole life turned mature. around at 24. Became a very mature adult the moment I turned 24. Um, 
it feels like most people are in agreement that it's time to move on. It feels like it's most people are in agreement. I'm I'm not I'm not so sure I wouldn't like this is one of the things I say. It's easy for us to say just put it to bed, and then when you give me the option, I'm gonna watch it, right? The risk is that it sucks. Then the argument that some people make back is so it sucks and then it's just over then, right? Like it at least let's find out. Like at least let's find out if there's something there. And Better Call Saul was so good. And I get it, like Bob Odenkirk is a big part of that because he's just a genius. But I'm willing I'm willing to consider. And these are just some of the ideas I threw out. There's other things you could do. You could do something with, with Uncle Hank. You could do something. Whatever. It, maybe Uncle Hank becomes, you know, uh, we go back and we find out he was actually not always the salt of the earth, you know, like cop that he turned out to be, right? Like maybe we go a different direction. I also think that if you did something with Mike Ehrman Trout, you'd go much younger. You'd have to have a different actor. And that's a little bit tricky because we kind of, like Jonathan Banks has been Mike Ehrman Trout. So mm-hmm. I don't know the way that all plays out, but I do think there are other things you could do that I'd be, I'd be willing if they did it, I'd be watching. Like, for sure, I'd be watching. You've hit two home runs. Uh, just count your blessings and move on. I, I hear you. I hear you. But that's the argument for why not give them another shot, too. Right? Like, you made this one work. Maybe let's see. Right? Like, let's see if, if you want to do more with Gus Fring. Right? Like, you want to you wanna go somewhere else with that, I'd listen. And number three, uh, would you rather? You have a successful, talented, likable 18-year-old son. Congratulations. Would you rather they pursue a career in football where they legitimately have a chance to be successful in the NFL or pursue a career in a skill where they're equally talented, the world of video gaming? And again, a lot of you have tried to kyle this up. You don't get to say, well, my son's never going to play football. No, no, no. We, you, you're past that. He's been playing football. You, you don't, you're not making that decision anymore. He's, he's playing football in high school. He's very successful. He's 18 years old. Now you're dealing with the question. See, my original argument was going to be that you're more of a recluse if you are a video gamer. But you've already said he's doing both, and he's really good at both. So now he has to choose. So he's already been social and popular and mm-hmm. knows how to, because he's been on a team environment. I still say NFL, man. Get outside. Enjoy enjoy the vitamin D, man. Like You don't want to just be holed up. In, you you got to spend hours upon that. I mean, thousands I, of hours. I, I think you're portraying this as like you're stuck in the basement at all times. I'm not sure that's what gaming is any longer necessarily. Like I think they are getting out and going places and doing yeah. things along those lines. But I, I still, to some extent, understand what you're saying. Look, this really for most people has come down to as simple as you, you're not getting you know head injuries when you're playing video games. So you know go play video games. And I get that. You um, could be a punter. Uh, you could be. That is an option. You could be a punter. It's a little bit more difficult to, to break through in that yeah. way, but it's an option. Uh, Paul from Orlando, I'd support him anyway, but to me, you only have the elite athletic skills for so long, so I'd like to see him challenge the best when he can in the NFL before moving on to something like e-sports. Um, continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. I also feel like real quick that you can always go back to gaming. You only have a little bit of time. Like you can go back. Like what, basically to his point, you can go. If you have that skill, you can play in the NFL. And then once your career is over, when you're you know 35 years old, then you can go back to gaming. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like if you suffer a bunch of, you know, head injuries that alter your life, you might not be able to do that. So, so easily. It's again, it's why it's compelling. All right. Today's show also brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel and the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's place to be for every big event including this weekend the daytona 500 the nba all-star game 51 self-service kiosks located throughout the property 
The FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel is the coolest place to hang out. The food at Sports and Social is delicious. It's where you want to be for all of the big events. Um, let's go ahead and get a tidbit, shall we? Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Because I'm desperate for baseball, it's another baseball tidbit. All right. From 2013 to 2016, the Orioles led the Major Leagues in home runs three times in four seasons. As we stated last week, they also had the individual Major League leader in home runs all four of those seasons. Despite the accolades, the Orioles topped out at 253 home runs in 2016, which still fell four home runs short of the franchise record of 257 set in 1996, which at the time was a major league record, a record that would be broken the following season when the Seattle Mariners hit 264. Fast forward to 2019, and those numbers were absolutely obliterated when five teams hit at least 257 home runs and two eclipsed 300 for the first time in history. Which five teams in two, in 2019 hit 257 plus home runs? I know this is difficult. So all five of these teams were in the playoffs. Well, yeah, but oh no, that wasn't the year. Every that was 2020, where everybody was allowed to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, 2019. 20, the Dodgers. Dodgers. They were fourth. 279. Um. 2019 specifically. 2019. Uh. The Yankees. The Yankees were second with 306. The 2019. The Astros. The Astros were third with 288. The, the Nationals. No. The uh, Cardinals. No. Just really naming the playoff teams at this point is really all I'm doing. Uh, who else made the playoffs in 2019? Uh, Tampa? No. Who else made the playoffs in 2019? Atlanta? Okay, struggling. I kind of figured you'd forget about these two teams. The one team had like eight guys. It seemed like they had like eight guys that hit 30 home runs. Uh, Minnesota. The Minnesota okay. Twins. They were first with 307. You have one more. They hit 257 home runs that year. They were fifth. Cubs didn't make the playoffs in 2019, right? And the Red Sox didn't, right? The Reds, no. Okay. The Brewers? No. Uh, San Francisco didn't make it. San Diego didn't make it the following year. You're in the right state. Oakland? Oakland Athletics. Okay. They right. had 257. Right. We could have been here for a while, and I might not have. Yeah, I, I, I kind of figured that'd be the most difficult one. All right. Totally Tubular brought to you today by the CIAA tournament, which gets underway next Tuesday, the 22nd, the 22nd through the 26th at Royal Farms Arena here in Baltimore, the CIAA tournament. Get your tickets right now. CIAA tournament. That's CIAA tournament.org. I apologize. Uh, you know, Proctor had a good one earlier. If Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer, then Drew Forrester is a comedic genius. Not bad. I'm sorry, Proctor. I'm so That was good. I should have gotten that in while Drew was on with us. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. A uh, few local teams in action in college hoops. UMBC hosts Stony Brook at 7, Loyola's at Lafayette at 7, and Navy's at American at 7. All those games on ESPN+. Plus. Big Ten hoops include Illinois Rutgers at 7, Purdue uh, Northwestern at 9, both on Big Ten Network. 
Uh, Daytona 500 qualifying tonight at 8 on Fox Sports 1. NBC Sports Washington, Wizards Pacers at 7.30. ESPN, Nets Knicks at 7.30. Jazz Lakers at 10. TNT, Panthers Hurricanes, 7.30. Avalanche Golden Knights at 10. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize, and I forgot to mention it yesterday, they're showing the Champions League on big CBS. Like, that is wild. Like, they're putting it on the network. Today, it's Inter Milan and Liverpool at 3. Olympics night, obviously the highlight is uh, the women's gold medal game between the U.S. and Canada in hockey. That's at 11 on NBC. Everything else, go to glennclarkradio.com. Find it there. Anything that stands out non-sports-wise? Uh, the new Batman, Robert Pattinson, is going to be on uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live tonight, and the musical guest is the Foo Fighters. Love the Foo Fighters. Um, you have Pam and Tommy, uh, oh, right. episode it's 5, Uncle yep. Jim and Aunt Susie in Duluth on, on Hulu. That's airing today, and... Uh, Marvel Studios assembled the making of Eternals. Okay, whatever that is. All right, very good. Uh, that's on Disney Plus. All right. Thanks today to uh, Vinny Iyer. Thanks to Drew Forrester. We'll get that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Jake Funk scheduled to join us tomorrow. Of course, the former Terp, now a Super Bowl champion. Uh, a few other things that we're working on for tomorrow's program as well. Thanks, everybody. Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, CIAA Tournament, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. If you are with us, oh, have a have a great uh, Wednesday night to go all the local hoops teams. Duke sucks, Ohio, and USA Hockey. Duke sucks, Ohio State sucks too. If you're with us on video, give us a minute, refresh. Go, we'll be right back. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. Coming up next, Simply the Bets. Welcome in to Simply the Bets, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel and the FanDuel Sportsbook, which is the place to be for all of the big events. 51 self-service betting kiosks. Plus, right now, you can win your share of $10,000 cash just by signing up for Live Rewards. New Live Rewards members can also receive up to $20 in free play just by signing up. Sign up by March 31st. The cash drawing is on April 1st at Live Casino and Hotel. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we'll chat with FanDuel Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick. And then later on, of course, our buddy Aaron Oster from VEASAN will join us to give us his five L's of sports betting for the week. I hope you took some of the advice we tried giving you over the course of the last week in various platforms when it comes to Super Bowl bets. You would have done quite well for yourself, that, uh, that sack trifecta. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Trey Hendrickson, that hit, big winner there. Uh, also the over on Evan McPherson for his points in the Super Bowl, hit Cooper Cup, anytime touchdown score, that hit. Tried telling you, tried giving you the advice in various ways throughout the course of the week in order to go make those bets. I hope you took advantage of those because they proved to be winners. I and all had a pretty good, I you know, Unfortunately, was on the Rams to cover and missed extra point. Proves to be the difference. 
that's what it is. Uh, and the one that I'm I'm most angry at myself about, I am very angry that I didn't put money down on a non-quarterback throwing a touchdown pass, which we had talked about ad nauseum on last week's Simply the Bets, and we had said, look, if you've got that play in your playbook, you pull it out because you are not saving it for anything else. There is nothing left. Both teams attempted it. Obviously, the Bengals were successful. There was real money to be made on that prop, and I am still very angry at myself for having missed out on that particular prop bet of a non-quarterback throwing a touchdown. But otherwise, it was a good week for me. Now, I need to learn because there's no more football to bet on. So how do we go about betting on some of these other huge events that are coming up this week? Well, that's where our guests are going to help us out this week here on Simply the Bets. And we begin with our friend, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. He is our buddy, Bruce Billick, and he is with us now here on GCR. Bruce, what's going on, brother? Good morning, man. How you doing? You know, you and I were texting during the game on Sunday. There was some, <laughs> there was some, uh, I was feeling pretty good about myself, feeling pretty good about some of the things I was hitting on. I know there are a few things that you liked a lot that uh, played out. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a lovely evening all around. How how did it do? Can, can you give us any of the stats for how the ca- how the casino uh, ended up on Sunday nights? Uh, you know, at the end of the day, from from the Super Bowl, it was a modest win. Uh, we definitely needed the Rams to cover that game, uh, at least win the game, which was good for us. You know, there was a. A few moments we were sweating out there. If that game would have gotten tied and going into overtime, and Cincinnati would have won, it would have uh, it would have been a dreadful Monday. So we're we're lucky that didn't happen. But uh, overall, it was an amazing weekend for the property. The place was packed all day Saturday. We had the UFC fight Saturday night, and then all day Sunday. Uh, I still think the kiosks have some smoke coming off of them from the amount of people that uh, went through there this weekend. What was the most popular? Like, what was the prop that got the most action from you guys this weekend? You know, we really took a hit on LeBron, um, not LeBron, uh, uh, OBJ scoring the first touchdown in, in the Super Really? Bowl. That was a, a big prop. A lot of people bet. Uh, so the customers definitely definitely won on that one. Um, same-game parlays were huge. We had a, a customer come in, uh, bet $100 on the same-game parlay, and ended up winning uh, a little bit over $70,000 on a $100. Wow. Bet. So, wow. Uh, we had some very, very happy customers. Yeah, I would say, my God, that is a huge win. Uh, that, congratulations. And, and by the way, a reminder that it can be done, right? Like, it, it can happen. You can make a small bet pay out big time for you if you happen to parlay the right things. All right, Bruce, well, now I need to learn, right? Because, unfortunately, uh, football season is over. Um, I, I guess we should we should cover. You You can get your futures bets in now, correct, in the FanDuel Sportsbook, right? It's... Absolutely. We have uh, all the next year's Super Bowl's odds are up for next year. Uh, you know, NFL is obviously king, but we have a ton of other sports. You have the NHL, NBA. We have the PGA Tour. We have the Daytona 500, which is the Super Bowl racing this weekend. Uh, we have NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, so there's still a ton of uh, different options. And we're going to talk about those things, but specifically, I'm telling everybody, just maybe a couple bucks. I, I'm i not utterly dismissing that that rumor that was flying around this weekend about Tom Brady and the 49ers, right? Like, <laughs> his, he was not completely committed when he made his announcement. We still haven't seen him do, like, a formal press conference at all. Like, there's still a small part of me that's like, that smells right. Like, it smells like he looks and says, it's my hometown. I could go back out there, finish up my career. They've got a roster that could be ready to win a Super Bowl. Like, 
I'm not utterly dismissive of that. So if I'm down there this weekend, I think I'm stopping by one of those kiosks and sitting at 15 to 1, I'm putting a couple of bucks down on uh, the 49ers as a futures bet for next season because of it. That's just a it's a, it's a small thing that your boys may be going to do during the course of the weekend. It's, I like it, Glenn. I like it. Yep. All right, now let's get to learning about how we bet these other things. So let, let, just assume I, I know assume I'm a gentleman who has never made a NASCAR bet in my life, Bruce Billick. What is it that is an option for me? How do I bet? It's a huge event. It's what everybody's going to be watching on Sunday. It's the Daytona 500. How do I go about betting this race? Yeah, so there's multiple ways you can bet it. You, you can obviously bet the outright winner. We also have the top three finish. Uh, you have top ten finish. You have head-to-heads. Uh, so there's multiple ways to bet this NASCAR race. So, so you know, is it is it the type of thing where, like, um, you know, if, if I like a driver, is it smarter for me to maybe bet them in the top ten than winning? Because, like, winning involves quite a bit of luck, particularly these, like, super speedways where it seems like there's always some sort of massive crash during the course of the race. Yeah, racing stuff, you know, this can, it can happen in a split second where it wipes out, you know, multiple racers. Um, you know, again, I, I think you're – you're better off if you if you're betting this race, kind of getting in that top ten finish. Uh, top three is even still pretty tough, but you know a top ten finish or a race head to head. I think that's probably some of your better options as do, far as you know keeping the money in your pocket. Do we do? Does it matter? Like so so right now there is a favorite. It's Denny Hamlin to win the race. Will that Correct. will that change once we get through qualifying tonight and the duels tomorrow? Will odds change based on how the drivers are lined up, or is it more about the driver and their history, say, at the track, than it is about where it is they start the race? Yeah, that's a great point, Glenn. I think it's more about the history, more about the driver, the success they've had uh, at that track. So I think that's more what drives those lines. Now, obviously, there's something major that comes out um, from some of the qualifiers, and that could potentially change some of the odds. But I, I think you're going down the right road there. I think the majority of these lines are set based off of kind of success at those tracks and, and you know, how their cars are performing. I, I feel like sometimes we hear about people that, like ri- drivers that are just having a good week at Daytona, right? That like in practice, they just look good. And sometimes that moves things. But outside of that, it just sort of feels like there's, there's, there are a type of driver and types of teams that do really well at super speedways. And they tend to be the ones that everybody favors when you, when you're at a place like Daytona. Yeah, you're exactly right. And again, I think, you know, multiple tracks have guys that are very, very good or have a successful track record at them. Um, and, you know, they, they tend to continue to win at those certain tracks. So, again, I think that's, you know, it's really driven. The odds are really driven by those type of situations. For the record, everybody knows me. I am Mr. NASCAR. I've got a driver, and I'm going to tell you about him on Live Casino Hotel social media tomorrow. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait till tomorrow. I'm not giving it away to you today. Tomorrow, Come on, Glenn. tomorrow on Live Casinos Hotel. All I'm going to tell you is it's driver, first and last name, start with the same letter. That's what I'll give you. We'll talk about it on social media tomorrow. That's going to be the plan. Um, it, by the way, just for those that haven't been, so people that are planning on going down there this Sunday to watch the race, to hang out, um, it's the same thing, right? Like that there is there there will be numbers, lines moving. There is, is there's in race live betting, correct? Correct. So again, it's just like a typical NFL Sunday or NBA game or any other sport. We'll have live in play wagering on those. Obviously, 
you know, you talked about crashes, stuff, someone goes out, obviously those odds are going to drastically change as, right. as positions change on, on the track. Um, so, yeah, we, we want to make sure that uh, we're offering our customers, uh, you know, as much opportunity as possible to, to have action on the game. Is it difficult to set a number for the NBA All-Star game because you just know there's going to be a billion points scored during the course of the, course of the contest? All-Star games are tough just in general. I'm, I'm sure you and you know many sports fans over the years have seen they, they, they've gotten to be more uh, of an exhibition and more of just, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you even judge how many points you're right. going to score? I mean, I was watching the NFL All-Star game a few weeks ago, and I mean, there was, you know, I think there was 40-some points, you know, very quickly. So, um, no tackling, nothing going on. The NBA All-Star game seems to be pretty similar. You know, guys are shooting threes constantly, not much defense going on. Um, so, it's very hard. These, these type of All-Star matchups are very hard to kind of hone in on the line. Um, important to point out, again, not only the All-Star game, but, like, you can go down Saturday night and bet on the dunk contest, correct? Yep, we have the Rising Stars tur- odds on the Rising Stars tournament, the three-point contest, all those type of things. We also have uh, the the NBA Skills Challenge, which is taking place on Saturday night too, as well. So all of those things are available in the FanDuel Sportsbook. What gets the most action? When 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 it, is it the big events, or is it just say maybe an an average college basketball game this week, or whatever it is? Like what what what? Where does the most attention seem to go when you guys get past the Super Bowl, Bruce? Yeah, I think on a weekend like this, uh, you know, we just got past Super Bowl. I think people are really starting. You know, we're, I think, 30 days out from March Madness. It's crazy. Everybody's now got their college basketball March Madness, you know, hats on, and everybody's trying to hone in on who who are going to be the the true uh, competitors when that's, that that comes up here in the next 30 days. So, um, I think the majority of the money this weekend is going to be obviously uh, college basketball, just based with based off of you know the NBA not being. Um, in play, you know, with the All Star Weekend. So uh, again, I think college basketball will be the majority of our, our money coming in. I also saw that tonight, Canada a slight favorite against uh, USA in women's hockey, and I feel like this is a good play- time to remind. I-, I know that the game will get underway before the sports book closes, but it's certainly going to end after the sports book closes. Probably an important place to remind people that you know the kiosks are open twenty four seven, and if you come late the night, you can hang out and bet during the big gold medal hockey game. Absolutely. We'll have the gold medal hockey game on. You have uh, USA right now. Currently, the women's USA team is uh, plus 164 on the money line. Uh, so if you want to back our, our country here, you're, you're getting pretty good odds. $100 wins you 164 bucks. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, once the, the sportsbook does, the ticket counter closes at 12, 12 a.m., um, but obviously our kiosks are open 24-7, and any winning tickets that need to be redeemed can be cashed at the cage. Uh, during our off hours. Anything else that we should know about this week? Anything else that jumps out at you? Like, dude, maybe this is like, I, I, this is something that you should just be aware of. That's a bet that you could make. Anything along those lines for any particular sport uh, over the course of the next seven days? You know, I think uh, you know, I, I always look for value when I'm placing my wagers. I think obviously we've got the PGA Tour, the Genesis Invitational this week. Um, I always like to to look at you know who opens up as a favorite, and then obviously you know. How do the guys play Thursday, Friday? Are there any weather conditions, stuff like that? And then, obviously, you can you can place a wager on them uh, to win live. So I think there's a lot of value in that. And then there's also, you know, some a, a lot of customers like to take shots on who's going to be the leader at the end of each round. Ooh, I like uh, those that. Odds pay, those odds pay very, very handsomely. Um, so, you know, the 
The lowest odds we have, like the leader after round one, you can get John Rahm at 18 to one currently. Um, and that's Ooh. the lowest odds. So you got John Rahm at 18 to one after round one, Rory, Mac- Rory McElroy, 29 to one, uh, you know, Dustin Johnson, 29 to one. So, you know, depending on how those guys come out, you know, after the first round, there, there's some pretty handsome payouts there. I like, I like all of that. All right. Reminder again, 51 self-service kiosks throughout the property. In the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, and it is the place to be for big events like the Daytona 500, like the NBA All-Star Game, those festivities this weekend. Bruce Billick, always appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us. We will talk to you again next Wednesday, all right? Appreciate it, buddy. Have a great day. Bruce Billick, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And again, I, I need to learn. It's part of the problem that I have. I've never I have never placed a wager. On a NASCAR race in my life. And that's going to change this week. I am going to have action on one particular driver. But I'm not telling you. you got to hold out for another day because I'm going to share it on uh, Live Casino and Hotels social media. Uh, throughout the, Probably tomorrow, I think, is when it's going to run. There's just one. I did, I did my work. I did my research. There's a driver I like. But you got to wait. Find out who it is. And um, it's going to be a top ten bet. I'm not going to I'm not going to bet on a winner because that's insane. But I'm going to make a top ten bet on one particular driver for the Daytona 500, just because it's people are going to be talking about it. There's, it's one of those things where like it means nothing to me, but I realize like it's a big deal to a lot of people, and I I want to have a feel for it, and I want to have a little skin, and that to me is part of the greatness of having uh, betting finally being an option here in the state of Maryland, is that you can make those types of decisions to say this isn't an event I typically care about or have personal interest in but I can create personal interest in it and that's what I'm going to do with the Daytona 500 alright uh, coming up in just a few minutes uh, we will head out to Vegas our buddy Aaron Oster from VEASAN is going to join us um, give us some thoughts on on how it is that we should be making bets over the course of the next week it is simply the bets brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. After being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAA. CIAATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Wednesday morning at 11.30. Vandal Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VSIN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all the info you need and even to offer a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. Brought to you by the Vandal Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio and watch at YouTube.com slash slash press box online. 
Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the the latest in baseball coverage right here on the Battle Round. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at facebook.com slash pressboxsports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, it is actually Simply the Bets today, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. A couple of things before we get to Aaron Oster from VEASAN. Um, I mentioned that some of those futures bets are available. I want to run through some of these numbers with you right now. Right now, if you go to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, you can get your bets in on not only the Super Bowl winner, but on the, ch- the conference championship winners for the 2022 NFL season. The betting favorite by themselves to win Super Bowl 57 is... The Buffalo Bills, or are the Buffalo Bills, at seven to one, followed very closely by the Kansas City Chiefs, seven and a half to one. The defending champions, the Rams, are third at twelve to one. Then the Packers, thirteen to one. The Cowboys, thirteen to one. Because of course, of course, the Cowboys, for absolutely no reason, are going to be among the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Just the way it works. The 49ers, sitting at fifteen to one, as I said, compelling to me because of that Tom Brady rumor. The Bengals are at 20 to 1, the exact same odds as the Baltimore Ravens, which I think goes to show you a little bit about what Vegas thinks of what happened to the Baltimore Ravens this season. They don't think that it was that they needed to fire the offense coordinator. They think that it was a bunch of injuries. And when you get those players back, they're just as good as literally the team that just won the AFC. I think that's the statement. The Broncos sit at 22 to 1, which is very interesting and perhaps a suggestion that there is either an assumption that Aaron Rodgers is going to end up being the Broncos quarterback or that somehow the Broncos will find a quarterback this offseason to move them into this territory as a top 10 odds to win the Super Bowl next year. Then a bunch of teams at plus 2,400. The Chargers, Titans, Cardinals, Browns, and Colts all sitting at 24-1 to odds. The one with worse odds, right, the one that's like a long, once you start getting into long shot territory, so, you know, get outside the top 10 teams, the one that, that I look at and say, boy, that seems like an interesting number to me, is the New England Patriots at 28-1. to Little surprised by after a very good season and assuming Mac Jones is capable of taking another step further in year number two. Like, remember where Josh Allen was from season one to season two. And I'm not saying that Mac Jones is as good as Josh Allen because we all know Josh Allen is a transcendent NFL talent. 
But assuming that a quarterback is able to take a step forward and the Patriots still having some space to go sign players, and, you know, they still have Bill Belichick as their head coach, at 28-1, to that's a pretty compelling number to me as a team that I would consider as throwing a few bucks on. I think the rest of the conversation is trying to find teams that you look at and you say, ooh, I, I like their roster. They just don't have a quarterback. And if they can somehow come away with a quarterback, they could find themselves being in the conversation. The Saints sitting at 34-1 to 1 qualify, I think, in that department. Even the Dolphins at 36-1. to 1, And I guess they're going to say they're committed to Tua Tungavailoa, but... If they end up being the team that lands Deshaun Watson, and I get it, there's questions about whether or not Deshaun Watson should be playing football, but if he's playing football as the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins next year, I look at that number and I say, ooh, that is mighty compelling because we know they've got a pretty good roster around him. So I think there are places to go that while you get these sort of extraordinarily long odds a year out and before we know what the roster looks like, it might be worth just tossing in a couple of bucks, just a few, that could prove to be a nice win for you when you get to next season with some of those teams that have longer odds when it comes to the Super Bowl 57. So um, those are all available, those NFL futures bets, all available right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Of course, you can also start getting bets in related to the NFL draft. They've got uh, odds for both the number one overall pick and the first quarterback selected that are available for you right now that you can bet on if you're still looking for a football, specifically a football betting fix. Those are your options as, as far as what's available for you in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. From ooh, ooh, from Darren. Darren says, "Do um, I am I'm just now getting into betting." Oh, I love to hear that, Darren. I am just now getting into betting. You said you never bet on the Daytona 500 before. What is the strangest sport that you've bet on? I, I'm not, you know, like a, a, a Jeremy Khan bet on um, Korean baseball when when the there was no MLB uh, in 2020. I I don't really have anything like that. I bet on a lot of tennis. Like, I'll bet on challenger tournaments in tennis that they're available to me. I don't really have anything that's all that crazy. And John and Little Rock um, uh, gives us the advice that if you're betting on a driver to make the top 10, you might as well throw a couple of bucks in on that driver to win because you're going to get better odds. And if you feel something about that driver, yeah, I mean, I get that. I get that thought process. We'll talk more about that again on the social media tomorrow when uh, I tell you who it is that I like for the Daytona 500. Joining us now, as he does every week here on Simply the Bets, from VEASAN out in Vegas. He is our friend, Aaron Oster, and he's back with us. What's going on, dude? How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, hang on one second. Yep. Going across going across uh, Vegas to cash my various props. Uh, Cooper Cup plus 175 came through getting a rush. Uh wait okay so wait 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 just as a as a touchdown scorer is what you're talking about no as getting getting a single rush plus one oh getting a rush got it got it getting a rush attempt yeah un- un- unfortunately you did also attempt to tell me that we shouldn't bet uh, a wide receiver to win Super Bowl MVP so I do kind of have I, to I, I did I did say that but though, to be fair I did say if you're going to bet if you did like Cooper Cup play two touchdowns and a win so yeah I mean you got that that is true you got well 
uh, an outright win is what is that what you said? Play well, yeah. That, that, I, well, my my whole point was you can get instead of betting MVP right. at five fifty, you can play these other things as a parlay. I hear you. I hear you. But if you would have if you would have played MVP as well, you would have had a you made a lot of money sure. at that point. You would have made a lot of money. Although I still argue that it should have been Aaron Donald, but that's a conversation. It should have been Aaron Donald. Conversation for another day. All right, uh, it's time for this week's five L's. Every week, Aaron uh, covers five different categories in terms of bets that you should be making to try to, to win a few bucks, of course, using odds that are available in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Aaron, we begin. Um, give me your local bet for this week that you happen to like. You know, th- this one was tough for me because I was looking at t- today's slate, and honestly, you know, I haven't been very good at these. I've missed out by, I think, two points both times, and uh, betting on a favorite and having the team win but not cover. And I think these lines are actually pretty good for um, all of the local teams today. There was one thing that stuck out a little bit, though, and that's the uh, Loyola-Lafayette game. And it's not the side in this one, which, uh, again, I think is a very good line there. But the total, I think, is a little bit off. The total is uh, 128.5. And last time these two teams faced, they combined for 134 points. Lafayette has a pretty poor defense, uh, and in their last six games against non-service academy teams, uh, Lafayette has, the, the total in that game has reached at least 130 points. So I actually really like the over in this game. I, I project to go probably in the mid-130s, honestly. And so I, I, I take the over in Loyola-Lafayette. All right, the over tonight for Loyola over and Over 128.5 right 128 now. 128.5. I'm trying to do, I'm doing that math. I was, I was to understand there would be no math. Um... <laughs> Okay, it's a low number, right? Like it's it's a it's a low number, and considering how much I've seen of Loyola, I get that. But to your point, given the opponent, yeah, yeah, I think I like that. I think I like that. I think I might consider that. All right, next up, uh, give me a long term, a futures bet that you happen to like. You know, uh, over the past couple of weeks, while we've done this, I've been giving you guys pretty. Big uh, long-term plays, long shots. Obviously, last week I said uh, Malik Willis to go number one yeah, that, overall. That, that is both a long-term and a long shot. That is, exactly. it covers both. Uh, I'm going a little bit more as far, uh, a little bit more, not as much as a long shot, but something I still see value in, which is always what you're looking for with these long-term plays. Something where just there's value there, the odds aren't quite right. And I'm looking at uh, the team I believe that you love quite a bit, and that's the Phoenix Suns. Mm. Uh, Right now, their Western Conference odds are plus 195. And I think that even though that looks low at first glance, I think maybe it should be a little bit even better than that. Every, everyone's kind of coming around on the idea that the conference between the Suns and Warriors, some people like the Grizzlies a little bit there. But, um, you know, the Suns seem to be on track to run away with that one seed. And if you're looking at these just as, as let's convert this to probability, a plus 195 odds is an implied about 33% chance. Mm-hmm. When you look at everything, it, it feels like it should be a little bit better than that. Maybe forty percent, probably not forty-five percent, but but in that range, in that range, if we really believe it's the Suns, Warriors, and maybe the Grizzlies, with kind of that that outside shot with how good John ja Morant is playing, and it, it's very likely if the Suns get the one seed, that you know they will just be playing that winner of the Warriors and Grizzlies in the finals. So looking at that way, if you believe that it's you know closer to a forty percent chance, well then these odds should be actually closer to plus one fifty than plus one ninety five. So I think there's actually value there 
in uh, the Suns to win the Western Conference plus one ninety five. This is very difficult for me because it's quite personal, as you know, Aaron. Like yeah. it's it's difficult because like I I you know you deal with grippling fears of the teams that you root for and that you actually like. But uh, no, I mean like the Suns are at a point like last night they didn't even play well against the Clippers and they still managed to win uh, you know, fairly exactly. comfortably in the end and they, they they had a poor game and they they still did that. That's just the type of team that the Suns have built um, where their offense is unbelievable and you know you worry about the number of minutes that Chris Paul is playing, but like Jesus man, you know like it's insane <laughs> what it is that he's doing. But you know we got to the NBA Finals a year ago and and by game three Chris Paul didn't look right like he just didn't. Um, that doesn't matter. They, we don't have to, if it happens again in the NBA Finals, you can still cash out on a Western Conference Finals bet. Exactly. Um, you know I, that that's the only thing that that like gives me pause with the Suns at the moment is at some point does the total number of minutes catch up to Chris Paul? Like at some point, does it just become an issue where in the middle of the playoffs, all of a sudden Chris Paul that that minutes thing becomes a problem? But if it here's, doesn't. Here's the other- Here's the nice thing about futures, though. Sometimes you're not just setting yourself up where I want to get a winning ticket, but you're setting yourself up to when you get to that point, maybe you can hedge off of it, make sure right. you win money. Right. If you have a 195 ticket, they're going into the Western Conference Finals, and they're a minus you know, 175, you can bet the other side of the plus money and guarantee yourself some money. Yeah, and winning some way. That's a fair point. It's absolutely a fair point. It's something I don't do. I don't do nearly enough because I'm. I like get terrified. Make. I am the one futures. So I looked at the uh, the NFL odds when they came out this week, and I'm I'm 100 percent going to toss a couple bucks on the 49ers at 15 to one. That is definitely going to happen. That Tom Brady rumor from past the last weekend is just juicy enough for me. Like I absolutely have to put a couple bucks on the San Francisco 49ers at 15 to one. I got to do that. All right. Uh, Aaron Oster is with us from VEASAN. We continue with his five L's of the week. So give me your long shot bet of the week. You know what? I'm going to stick into the, in the NBA for this one, give you another NBA future. And this one is, uh, it's one that I wish I could have gone on, uh, two days ago because I could have gotten a little bit better odds here. But, um, you know, DeMar DeRozan is the talk of the town for a good reason. The last six games, scoring at least 35 points, 40, 38, 35, 36, 38, and then this last game scored 45 points. And um, it's interesting, when you're in kind of a gambling bubble, sometimes you get a little bit too bogged down with things. You get kind of too into the gambling side of things. And you forget that, you know, most of these people aren't necessarily looking at the same numbers you are. Except after this last game, I know. So this buzz for Demar Derozan has been going on for a little bit in the gambling community. Mm-hmm. Then I noticed after this last game, all of a sudden, some other people, some of the more mainstream media, started picking up on it, and that's when I really started to take notice and started looking at this further. If you do like going down the numbers, there is a stack called Win Probability Added, which is something that's growing a lot of favor among the analytics community. And Derozan is the leader in this, and it's not really close as far as second. He uh, adds uh, plus eight. Plus eight point two eight. The next closest is Jokic at plus five point three four. So if you you know if you're looking at that, if you think the voters might go on that, uh, not even close right now. And right now, Demar Derozan's at thirty to one. It was at fifty to one as of two days ago. So losing a little bit of value there. But I still think that as again a long shot play here. I think it's worth a sprinkle at thirty to one for Demar Derozan. It is days. weird to me that like. Embiid is and is his separate himself as being the favorite for the MVP at this point. Like, and I get it; he's having a great season, but I, I feel like there should be these numbers should all be closer. Like, I just don't feel like there should be someone who has separated themselves at this point the the way that Embiid has when it comes to the betting odds to be MVP. 
You know, I think part of that is, is simply narrative. You know, we've kind of been waiting for this Embiid, like, true breakout season. And also, I think there is some liability there. He was higher early in the season. You take, you know, as the season started off, taking a few really large bets, and that just kind of entrenches him a little bit mm. as mm. liability, something they don't want to move off of necessarily. But I agree with you. I think this should be closer. I think, you know, Jokic is up there. Um, Curry keeps fading, which is interesting. Yeah, he's had a tough John stretch Mark- shooting-wise recently, so I, I, I kind of get it, but it's still Steph Curry that we're talking about, right? Like, that that does intrigue me as well, sitting at 9.5 to 1. Like, man, Steph Curry's not going to continue to shoot poorly for the entire season. Like, he's going to be Steph Curry again, maybe by next week. And when he does, the, the Warriors are going to be a top team in the West. Like, it's still Steph Curry who's won a few of these things over the years. Exactly, and it's something where, you know, again, if, if they do go on a run and if the Suns, you know, happen to slide and all of a sudden the Warriors, you know, you look up and the Warriors get that one seed, well, then you're going to be looking, okay, yeah, maybe it is Steph Curry. I know that's boring, but you know what? Sometimes boring wins NBA. No, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, now, give me, uh, for this week, give me a bet that is a loser, one that you just look at and say, no, no, this is a loser. Um. I understand why the odds are the way they are. Again, this comes down to a liability thing. This comes down to I know a lot of people were betting this early on, including myself. So this is a bummer for me to say that I probably have a loser tick, mm. losing tick, futures ticket, though one at a much higher number than it is right now. Um, Purdue is 10-1 to 1 to win the national championship. Obviously, locally, we saw that close game with Maryland, and before that, we saw uh, Michigan beat them pretty soundly. And it's, this isn't, to me, an overreaction on the past two games. This is something where the past two games has kind of confirmed something I've been a little, again, as a ticket holder on Purdue from preseason, uh, has troubled me, which is that this Purdue team reminds me so much of the Iowa team from last year. Okay, A great offense, a phenomenal player leading the way, uh, in this case in Jaden Ivey, yep. but just a defense that can't stop anything. And we saw what happened to Iowa in the tournament last year where they got their brains beat in by Oregon in the second round. And I'm not saying that Purdue's going to lose in the second round, um, though, you know, if they run into, let's say, an Alabama in a 2-7 game or something like that, they absolutely could get their brains beat in if they uh, get the wrong opponent there in the second round. But this is something where I just I keep looking at the field and, you know, anything can happen in the NCAA tournament, of course. But at some point they're going to run into a team that they're just they're not as good at that team that's going to be able to run up and down on a team that they're just not going to be able to stop. And their flaws are so great that I just, I really have as good as their offense and as good as Jaden Ivey is. I have a really hard time seeing Purdue having any chance of winning the NCAA tournament and to have one of the top odds at 10 to one. I, I think that's just a really bad. All, right, right, now. all right. All right. I'm starting. I mean, I, I you got to start paying attention to Tennessee at some point, by the way, in the national championship conversation, like what they're doing right now is nuts. Um, but I don't disagree with you inherently. I, I don't love Purdue when it comes to that. All right, but speaking of love, what is a bet that you look at and say, anything of this one, you're, you're winning. This is a winner. I love this bet. Go make it right now. Well, th- this one pains me as a proud American, but... Oh, Canada tonight? A, oh, I hate you. I, I am on Canada tonight. Oh, no. Ah, <laughs> get the F out of here. You know, America was pretty dominant in the first matchup. They just lost 4-2. to two. You know, just lost four to two, and yeah, but they like they really did outplay Canada for the better part of that game. It's, I know it's weird, right? Like this is one of these soccer arguments that we make, but like <laughs> exactly, they were the aggressors in that game. They really were. They just didn't score the goals. 
they were the aggressive, but I, I don't know that that's a fluke that they didn't score the goals. Like the Canadian goalie is very, very good, and Kenda has looked, you know, even in that game while you know they U.S. looked better. Like you look at the rest of the games, they've been absolutely dominant in the Olympics, and quite frankly, Kenda has owned the U.S. since uh, they lost the gold medal four years ago, five one and one in international play. Um, the funny thing about this, and, and I was talking to someone who was actually in Beijing uh, last night, Stephen Wino, who covers hockey for the Associated mm-hmm. Press, and, and he, w- he said something that, that really intrigued me as a gambler, which is that he doesn't expect this game to be close. He says this is going to be kind of a blowout one way or the other, and kind of suggested playing either the puck line for Canada or playing the money line for the U.S. to get plus money. I actually found a different way to play it, but kind of follows the uh, same thing. Because right now the money line is... Uh, I believe minus two oh five for yes. Canada. I'm not going to give you a minus two oh five. Just you know, that's right. too easy. I can give give you it. But what I will say, I don't know. There, there are sometimes. Hang on a second. There are sometimes when you just should make that bet anyway because somebody's trying to give you money. Like the fact that you know oh, you, sure. when you can still get Cooper Cup at a number like that as an anytime touchdown scorer. They're trying to give you money. Take their money. Like I get it. Exactly. It's not exciting. Just take their money anyway. There are times where I'm still down with, with playing those lines. Actually, there was a great, uh, if you had enough money to, to make it worth your while, there was a great case of that in the Super Bowl where the odds for a, the winning coin toss team to defer was minus 500 when there was a literal like 100% chance right. that the team that won the toss was deferring. Most people won't play that because they'll see minus 500 in the yeah, box. Right. Just, just but, somebody wants to give you money. Take it. <laughs> exactly. Take it. Take their money. Don't, you know, you didn't accomplish something. Don't like parade around about it, but... Go win your money. Like, go do that. Say thank you. Yeah. Say thank you. I like money. Right, and you 100%. know what? This is a two-hour you know, two investment. That's I do, all I need. I do that regularly when I bet tennis, by the way. I regularly am just like, look, man, I'm just going to go ahead and take your money. Like, I'm, I'm fine doing that. Uh, I, re- I know what I'm doing, but I'm taking it anyway. Anyway, all right, so tell me how it is that you're betting this. So, uh, FanDuel, I actually like this one. They have a regulation bet which is basically you can just bet on the team to win in regulation. If it goes to overtime, you lose. But if they win in regulation, uh, Canada in regulation, minus 128 at Fandle. Um, I really like that play. I don't, as Stephen Weiner was said, he doesn't expect this to be particularly close. Um, I'm going to listen to him. And again, just it goes with what I was saying and what I was feeling already. So yeah, Canada in regulation at minus one twenty eight instead of that minus two oh five. All right. Uh, would you would you go as far as to bet Canada by two at at, at five to one? Oh yeah, is it five to one? I actually it's five to one. See. There's a six. It's a there's a sixty minute oh, winning oh, margin two, bet. Two exactly. By exactly two, correct. Uh, I think it's worth a sprinkle. I wouldn't make that my primary bet, but if you want to, let's say, let's say you want to play that money line, you want to just play straight up, but you want to have something to uh, make it a little bit juicier. You put a good chunk of money on the money line, and then you sprinkle a little bit on that uh, two-goal spread. All right. All right. I will think about that, although I feel like a terrible person because you're telling me to well, do this. I feel like a nice wretched individual. It, but then if, even if you lose, you can say, yay, America. That's true. You That's true. Play. You get to be a patriot. That is a good point if that ends up being the case. All right, those are your five L's for betting this week. Aaron, remind everybody about what you guys are doing at VEASAN. Uh, you can check out VEASAN.com. We just came off of our uh, Super Bowl 56-hour marathon which you can find on the site, vison.com. And, of course, now the Super Bowl is over. We're turning towards uh, March Madness. we got a great uh, great promo for you right now. You can get 
everything we do, the all of the insight, all of the articles, the Point Spread Weekly, the weekly newsletter, the uh, all of our shows for just $29 between now and uh, the National Championship game, which is April 4th. So you can check that out, vcin.com slash madness to check out that promo. And of course, check out all our work on the iHeartMedia app. You can watch us on uh, Masson, our programming, as well if you have Xfinity on the Visa app. Very good. At the AOster is how you find him on Twitter. All right, pal. Good luck. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Talk to you next Wednesday. It's Aaron Oster from Visa, and he joins us every Wednesday here on Simply the Bets. Yeah, I, 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 I struggle with that, right? Like, I, I don't want, I don't want to have to root against a team that I love. Like, I don't want to do that. I, I, I get it. Like, sometimes you're spitting in your own face, but I struggle with putting money down. Like, I want to sit down and watch the game tonight, and I want to root for the U.S. and I don't want to be conflicted in that way. So it's a tough thing for me to put a bet like that down. All right, uh, it is the time in the program where we get our tidbit of the week. Just something interesting, uh, a number perhaps that popped up in the world of sports betting from this week. Paul Valley, what you got? I, I, have, I have two of them just because they were kind of short, right. but, but I enjoyed them. Uh, a better this past year placed a three-team championship parlay. They placed a one, saw that. They placed a $128 bet on the Braves to win the World Series at 13-1, to Georgia to win the NCAA football title at Plus three thirty, and the Rams to win the Super Bowl at twelve to one. Of course, they got all those right. It paid them one hundred thousand one hundred seventy-two dollars and eighty cents on a hundred twenty-eight dollar bet. That's a nice. That is a nice investment. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I try to think of like how would I make that bet this year? I don't. I don't know. Like what three teams? If I tried to make a bet like that moving forward. I have no idea, and like maybe you know, you part of that you could say if you just happen to be a fan of those teams, right? So like it would make sense if someone's both a Braves and a Georgia fan, so they're like, yeah, I'm gonna go put a, a ticket in. But like then combining it with the Rams, either you are randomly a fan of all three teams, or you're friggin' Nostradamus, man. Like good for you. Um, Ra- I- Ravens, Dodgers. Alabama, but I don't know how great good odds you get with Dodgers in Alabama. Not really. I mean, like not great odds for sure. But I mean, mm-hmm. still, it's, if you hit all three. And especially with futures bets, because none of them, none of them is going to be a, a you know, even money. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're going to get a number on all three, and then you hit all three, you're you're going to make some money in something like and that. If you took the Ravens right now, twenty to one, that's a, that's a yeah, decent you're, de- pay you're definitely going to end up, you're definitely yeah. going to end up pocketing some change. And the other one was on January twenty first, before the divisional round, the better in Virginia placed a four hundred dollar bet that the Rams would beat the Bengals. In the Super Bowl, and that paid out thirty-two thousand four hundred dollars. So that's a good way, good way to spend four hundred bucks. That is a very smart investment. All right, uh, in the new print issue of Press Box, which is available right now throughout uh, this region at uh, your neighborhood. Uh, it, well, look, there's hundreds of locations where you can find Press Box throughout the region. There is some great sports betting content, including. Jeremy Kahn really giving you the lay of the land in terms of betting March Madness. Like, how do you go about betting during the course of the tournament? Jeremy Kahn's got that information for you in the new print issue of PressBox, which is available today, and you can read the entire issue right now by going to PressBoxOnline.com. Thanks to Bruce Billick. Thanks to Aaron Oster for helping us out this week. We will be back next Wednesday for Simply the Bets and of course get down to uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in a Hotel this weekend for all of their great events and you can still if you sign up for Live Rewards you can still win your or, or get the opportunity to win your share of $10,000 cash 
New Live Rewards members also receive up to $20 in free play just by signing up. Sign up by March 31st. The cash drawings are on April 1st. Get yourself signed up down at Live Casino and Hotel this week. We will see you next Wednesday for the next Simply the Bets. May the odds be ever in your favor.